Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This one's for you tonight. Okay, let's get started. Riley. Oh, <laughs> just when I think you can't shock me ever with how you say my name, because you said it in every variation known to humanity, and then you did that quick one like that. Yours was a little short, too. I know. I, felt, <laughs> I feel like... That's like the, our bandwidth today. Did you... Did you play off mine sort of being quick and then you were like I did. I'm gonna do it even quicker I did wow there's some really interesting psychology to the decisions we make <laughs> with even saying our names it's true and they're indicative I think of the quality <laughs> right yeah like whenever we have a really good one at the start it's a good omen right for sure and, and then when we have the exact opposite which is what that was not yours but mine <laughs> you you know that you're in for possibly a bad episode of turtle time right <laughs> yeah well we were talking before that um I try and be smart and not drink too many glasses of wine on Vanderpump night because we always have to record the next day. But last night I said, to hell with it. Wow. I want the Pinot Grigio. Good. Did you say to hell with it out loud? (laughs) No, it was my internal monologue. Wow. Um, And so now I'm tired and it was a torrential downpour last night. We got a flash flood iPhone warning at like 2 a.m. It was the full Amber Alert sound that like is like the bomb siren yeah. and so i was like tossing and turning that like my vw rabbit was floating down the hill and that i was going to face yet another disaster <laughs> yeah it was it was wild here in los angeles the last three days i mean the the crazy the la river is like fully filled up with brown beautiful water and like a we bunch could of surf it yeah we, i want to surf it i was going to ask you i brought surfboards um it's just been i don't know los angeles in the rain especially that heavy of a rain it never happens yeah so it's kind of shocking like when when i showed up here two days ago or whatever it reminded me of the soprano season one finale when tony comes to vesuvio and it's like 
pouring rain. Do you remember that? And he oh, needs yeah. this like seek shelter at Vesuvio. Oh, yeah. Kind of felt like that. Before, doesn't it get burned? Is that a spoiler? Oh, he it's when he has his new restaurant okay. that he loves After so much. That. Within the pa- space of the entire first season, he Vesuvio gets destroyed in the pilot and then is already a new establishment by the okay. finale. Uh, did you see on our Patreon that on at one point we were talking about that we need to go to San Francisco and have our beat beatnik era? Yes. Someone told us a whole itinerary and one of them was a restaurant called Vesuvio and I was I, like excuse me I loved it and that was like the same episode where we were talking about a bunch of Soprano shit as yeah. well so it was perfect I would do exactly whoever our Villa Rosa VIP who said that itinerary I would do that exact day like to a T yeah. everything they said let's go what, what was that what's the bookstore um City Lights City Lights listen to a beat poet you know <laughs> and then do whatever like I think there was a bar that they said as well like I would have that yeah. full beautiful beat Day. Yeah, and then we can go get some clam chowder on the wharf or oh, something. That sounds so good. I haven't been to San Francisco in uh, right before COVID was the last time okay. I went. Yeah, I think the last time I was there was 2017 or 18. Do you like it? It's fun. My sister went to college there and lived there for like a decade. So I used to go a lot in my youth and I thought it was real cool. Yeah. Um, Hate Ashbury. Oh, yeah. Go to the Paul Frank store on Hate. Oh yeah! Do you know exactly try, what I'm of saying. Of course, try to uh, drive down that curvy street. I mm-hmm. love that. Except I always get stuck on that curve, and people go beep beep. <laughs> yeah. What the hell are you doing? Then there's that. The Fairmont Hotel has that floating tiki bar. Oh yeah! One time <laughs> I walked the full length of San Francisco just like in a day, and How I was many like, "Miles is that?" I don't know. Um, like eight. Okay. Like I don't know. It was very reasonable. I mean, I mean, that's fun. One time, not to brag, but one time I think I walked the entire length of like Manhattan one day, like from Harlem to oh, wow. the World Trade Center. Wow. Yeah. It's like, it's not that wild. It takes like yeah. four hours. Yeah. I know. I love, I love the walkability. Gotta say. Me too. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> me too. What were um, you talking about? Oh yeah. San Francisco, the beat poets and everything. Yeah. So anyways. Can I, oh, I wanted to say something. Beats are sort of out. <laughs> the beat, the beat poets. Yeah, I was. What's wondering, in? Oh, new, new type of poetry, new, new stuff. Not beat poets, but I'm pretty tapped into uh, poetry now. Slam, slam, slam is good. <laughs> but I was just saying we could sort of be the new beat generation. And okay. I knew that there was a reason why you and I are both wearing berets, but I didn't know <laughs> it would be this. But I would love to start that new sort of wave of bringing back Allen Ginsberg and William S. Burroughs and who are the other beats? John Kerouac. Yeah. Jack Kerouac. Jack. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are you saying that podcasters are their new beats? That's exactly what I was saying. Okay. Cool. cool. Um, <laughs> well, um, well, I guess there's nowhere, no way to escape talking about this Tom Sandoval New York Times Magazine article. Yeah. And you know I wanted to escape it. <laughs> right? What was it called? The Most Hated Man on Earth or something? Yeah. It was called, it had two different titles because the New York Times does that where there's like a clickbait title and then there's a real title. Mm-hmm. And I think the real one was Tom Sandoval is the Most Hated Man in America. And then the clickbait one was, is Tom Sandoval the Most Hated Man in America? Okay. Or maybe vice versa. Okay. Um, I will say when I saw it initially, I was a little excited by getting seeing him do a prestige photo shoot and all of this like i was like let's see the flip side of like you know i feel like she got that version ariana got that version many times which makes sense of course right um but i was like kind of excited to see him get i don't know just like 
a prestige moment because he is at the center of the story. Yes. Yeah. I was excited for the same reasons. I was then I was like the New York Times. I'm yeah. a subscriber. Yeah. I like that, you know, they are covering this in a way. I don't you know, the timing of it, it was like <laughs> after the fourth episode or whatever. Yeah. I was like, Okay, this is happening now. And I also thought the same thing. I was like, I'm interested to hear that New York Times um what's that? Like aesthetic mm-hmm. applied to Vanderpump rules. And and for the most part, the the article was like telling us things that we know and trying yeah. to explain to the New York Times audience why Scandaval hits so hard. Yeah. Like a lot of it we, we know. Yeah. I was just thinking the whole time how Lisa must have been fuming at how often they mentioned that the food at her restaurants is bad. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I, I, I forgot about that. The 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 reporter, whoever their name is, which they they yeah. it's a great it's a great uh, article. Mm-hmm. You know, like they did a great job, um, great piece. Yes. But uh, they said when I came in August, it, all of, all of a sudden the prose changes, and they go, "When I came in August, the food at Sir was absolute dog shit." It's like <laughs> the editor or whoever was just like, "Yeah, you can just say that, say exactly how you feel." And yeah, Lisa must not have liked that. Yeah, it's mentioned at least twice that the food is bad, or it was like. Uh, she describes the restaurants as mediocre at one point, like all the Vanderpump restaurants. And then it was like, despite the food being absolutely terrible, there was a line around the block. And I was like, Lisa reading this is like going to sue. Yeah. And it it said something like, yeah, like uh, they wanted a show revolving around her mediocre restaurants. Like that's not what Lisa said. (laughs) That wasn't the premise, but the pitch. Yeah. But but she's like, Alex, Baskin, I have an idea for you. <laughs> yeah, but did you see that Sir already used a pull quote from they it? They did. Yeah, they said they said uh, Sir's food is absolute dot dot dot. <laughs> like just you know what I mean? Removing yeah. terrible. Um, <laughs> the but, sexy, <laughs> unique restaurant is right. The New York Times. <laughs> um, I thought that was um, the way that the. I wish we knew who wrote that wonderful piece. Um, yeah, that would help. I think be I have it up. Whoever on. whoever know, knows who that was, they get a lot of credit. But I like that it was just um, assumed, you know, that as an as- aspect of the story that the sir the sir food is horrendous. Yeah. you know what I mean. Um, her name is Irina Alexander. Irina Alexander, you did a great profile. Yeah. Um, so I was reading it. I also was excited. And then all of a sudden, it's like setting the scene in, in his house. And Tom Sandoval had hired a new... He has a, a new assistant. So yes. this is after the Anne era. Yes. And then he has a new... What are they called? PR? <laughs> PR girly. Yeah. I was like, PR manager? Uh, what was her name? Like Riley or something? It was the most like uh, clearly a 23-year-old like a, it was spelled differently, right. you know? Riley. Yeah, 23. She was in middle school. It said <laughs> watching Vanderpump Rules. Anyway, the, the reporter says, um, you know, I, I was happy to see this PR person, but uh, all of a sudden Tom Sandoval makes this statement where he compares the impact of Scandoval to the impact of O.J. Simpson and George Floyd. Yeah. And then the, the reporter says, uh, I was a little, I knew I was going to have sort of a less hard time talking to Tom Sandoval when I when I heard him say that comment and then his PR person didn't even bat an eye. It didn't look <laughs> she up was like from on their Instagram. laptop. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then, and then that comment influences the rest of the piece because Bravo and Alex Baskin and all these production companies get wind that he said that yeah. and they start to uh, try to um, remove access to him yeah. for the rest of the piece. Yeah, it's interesting that they... Uh come to his defense in that way i mean i understand why especially with what happened on the season when they had to fire everyone for racial shit uh so i understand why they would panic about that but i was a little surprised that they aren't just like yeah like let him like give him rope to hang himself a little bit of like 
that's not going to hurt the show necessarily. Uh, but that obviously was the huge, the biggest takeaway and headline that he then had to apologize for. Right. Um, I will take accountability that I myself compared it to the OJ trial last week, which I think is the less problematic of the two. Oh, wait, wait, you did? <laughs> I did. Because oh, we talked about OJ, right? We talked about the white Bronco. I was right? like, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like OJ makes more sense because he's a celebrity and it was like, uh, a Hollywood story and that had to, more to do with like sensational news despite yeah. it being murder but like obviously we sensa- sensationalize murder all the time yeah. to then bring in like the like Black Lives Matter movement into it I think was ill uh, thought out yeah uh, me too of course <laughs> so yeah I mean yes it was it was a horrible comparison to make yeah. very insensitive very uh, I'd say most importantly very stupid ignorant Ignorant and stupid. I felt she kind of threw him a bone. Yeah. Afterwards, she was like, she basically was like, I think what he was trying to say, like she didn't run with it and like make a fool of him after he said that. She was like talking about like the, you know, becoming a target of a nationwide talking point or whatever. And the New York Times um, did not make that the central focus of uh, the piece or of their um, promotion of the piece. Right. It was, it's other outlets that are taking that quote and running with it yeah. to um, say that, you know, Tom Sandoval is, you know, a horrible person. Which, yeah. So I, I, you know, there's nothing to say like in defense of him, except that like the, like I'm not going to defend Tom Sandoval for what he said. It's, it's insensitive. It's stupid. It's horrible. Uh, Tom Sandoval says stupid things almost <laughs> Every time he opens his mouth, <laughs> yeah. this is to an egregious degree. But I think that there is a certain, you know, subsection of, of Bravo fans that would want him like, you know, fired for this mm-hmm. or, or canceled for this. And I just think that um, I, that would be, I think, um, not, I don't think he should be fired from Vanderpump Rules for the, this comment. And I don't know how you feel about that. No, I mean, I think it was like, again, not the most articulate person. Yeah, I think he shouldn't speak on things that he has no, like he was like, I'm not a pop culture scholar by any means, but, and then he went on to say this and I was like, well, I wouldn't like bring George Floyd into a pop culture lens necessarily. Um, But the Danny Masterson comment, I thought was not inaccurate. He said, I got more heat than Danny Masterson, who was a convicted rapist. And I'm like, that's true. (laughs) Like on the internet, like Danny Masterson hasn't gone through like, a tenth of what like the public scrutiny objectively true that's it uh, yeah objectively true i just think that don't people didn't care about danny masterson as yeah. much and it's obviously a way darker uh yeah. crime yeah <laughs> like tom's is not a crime right. uh but like it's more fun to shit on someone for something a little bit more frivolous and yes. you can have fun with it whereas when there's actual like victims and it's like a yeah. conviction it's like well that's not fun that's very sad i think tom sand yeah exactly that's exactly right it's not it, it wasn't at all fun to take part in a danny masterson takedown it's like oh this is awful and horrible and yeah. despicable and no one wants to even think about it anymore yeah um but with him i i do think that tom sandoval lost sight of the there is a 10 to 20 percent of a tongue-in-cheekness about the the revulsion to tom sandoval yeah right he's more like a love to a, hate him love to hate him or, or like a pinata that you absolutely hate <laughs> that you want to destroy but it's not really about 
him, even though it did get very personal for a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm sure he received death threats or people told him to, you know, kill himself. I'm sure that that happened. But I think that there was a little more playfulness to the whole Scandaval thing, Mm -hmm. even in terms of how we talked about it. It's like we... I was like, my estimation of this person plummeted uh-huh. and I, I never thought this would happen, but we, I was never to taking it to a personal degree and you right. weren't either of like, this man right. needs to go well, to that's the thing. Jail. It's like, how much did you respect him in the first place that like, like the general public, not you specifically. I, mean, I did. I respected the <laughs> shit out of Tom Sandoval. So he does owe me a personal apology. Well, that's I'm still the waiting thing. It's like when he puts his foot in his mouth these days, we're like, yeah, did we love him for being well-spoken no. and like, smart like no no and if he would have said this um in season nine you know or whatever if the timing worked out and we didn't know that he was going to perpetuate such a horrendous uh act against ariana uh, people would give him way more of the benefit of the doubt yeah this comment um yeah. I, I thought actually it would be harder to talk about this because i thought i was going to advocate for him staying on vanderpump rules i thought that <laughs> you <laughs> thought i was gonna say fire him i i don't know i wasn't sure it's very <laughs> sensitive it's very sensitive. sure um, i mean yeah, I'm curious what other people think. I didn't, I saw, you know, headlines and stuff. I, I felt, I, you know, I didn't dig in too deep on what people are saying. I'm sure it's pretty bad, but um, oh, it's bad. I, it more stayed with me uh, envisioning his women's section Zara suit that barely reaches his wrists that uh, evokes the image of Heath Ledger's Joker. Yes. Great. Yeah. That was amazing. Is that the one that he's I could we- picture it exactly. Is that the one he's wearing in all his confessionals? That's the thing. They described they it, it as blue. powder blue, and in this episode, it was green. Right. So it's like, I think she must have seen a different yeah. confessional look, right? Because that's clearly green, yeah. the one that he's wearing. Maybe it will come later. They've done a few. Because I bet his the one she saw comes later because it was in like December. So that's probably like the last right. of them, you know? Was there anything else notable about the, the that profile besides uh, his horrendous comments? And then... Um, uh, talking about sir's dog shit food <laughs> i thought it was interesting seeing the that they revealed that uh evolution media is like in a bunker or like it's like in like a disheveled warehouse yeah oh, oh right and then they also talked about how they had to have like an all hands meeting with the cast at a certain oh, yeah. point during the filming of the season because ariana was not budging about filming scenes with them yeah so they had to have like a come to jesus meeting they right. said about and be the like future what are we doing show. here you guys right yeah was that an article yeah that was interesting and uh that that they were you know he alex baskin said like yes we were floundering at the before scandal we like didn't really have a path forward and then he they said that sometimes he regrets that scandal even happened because it's made it really hard to make the show because of the public being out at the restaurants all the time the paparazzi um apparently they said that there's gonna be a storyline about their photo oh yeah i remember it's that they all pose for a photo with a fan including sandoval and that broke through to the news yeah so that'll be be next week right that's gonna be similar to southern charm when they hear the page six news while they're on a trip so they're actively responding to something being out there in the public yeah so i thought that was interesting um but yeah it was kind of like a depressing outlook on the state of reality tv and the state of the entertainment industry at large that like at one point they needed three warehouses because they were coming up with so many it was like a Willy Wonka factory of reality shows and then all the streamers are like oversaturated and they're like actually we don't need anything and now it's like an empty warehouse and they're like people work remotely so (laughs) right yeah yeah that was interesting too um yeah Um, I don't know I guess 
I, I don't know. It didn't do anything, obviously, to affect anyone's perception of Tom Sandoval in a positive light. No. If anything, it just made everyone more mad at him. Yeah, I, I'm curious about what he thought it was going to be or what he was hoping for. He has it in his mind, not to speak for him, but I think he thinks with enough time he can convince anybody of anything. And it, whatever that is, ego, hubris. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, if you let me talk for two hours, I will charm you into thinking that I'm a good person. And I think he thought that he could get away with that with this New York Times. And I didn't really sense a, you know, a bias towards him in the piece at all. But I think that he was just like, if I tell my story, I, some people are going to come to my side. Unfortunately, yeah. he said a horrendous <laughs> comment that is not going to... Yeah, what would have been the case if he just didn't say that one thing? I do like the the header image is him looking into the Schwartz and Sandy's bathroom mirror, which real ones recognize that mirror immediately. And I love it. It's like it's the a man the man in the mirror kind of vibes. I like that too. And it, uh, the the headline is, sorry, it, it's how, how Tom Sandoval became the most hated man in America. I yes. think that was the... the title the entire time yes um, um but yeah some of the photos there's one specifically when he's like eating olives from a martini and it's a very bad photo of him. i thought the same thing i've seen tom sandoval in a thousand different photos through the run of watching vanderpump rules and that's the worst photo i've ever seen of him they did his dirty eyes, there his eyes are blinking but also opening <laughs> so it's like you caught him halfway mid blink yeah i think the one of him it was, I think, the one that, like, gets shared when you share the link of him, like, looking up into space. I think it's kind of a cool photo. Okay. I got to yeah. say. Yeah, I'll give them that. It was giving, like, David LaChapelle. Yeah, so so I don't think, really, if he hadn't said that one, you know, comparison, I don't really think that this profile would have made anyone think any differently about Tom Sandoval, in my yeah. opinion. It was just, I think it was more for New York Times readers to get a sense of what was going on. Um, with Scandoval yeah. and have like one of the principal figures of it speak. But right. to me, 90% of that, like we knew, you know. Sure, just yeah, from, it, was it just was recap. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm curious what will happen next. But um, I don't know. It, Yeah, it was kind of just, it's hard reading something when you know every single detail already. Um, they did mention they recapped his modeling career in Miami and they said that he, which I feel like maybe I knew, but I looked for it and I couldn't find it, that he was in a Bruce Weber uh, Abercrombie campaign, like one of those classic ones that were like the bags, like the black and white. And when I Googled it, I couldn't find it. So if anyone on Reddit or something has it, will you send it? I want yeah. to see it. Yeah, I want to see that too. Yeah, there, he was like, I had a really versatile look or whatever. He was like, I could be a slicked back uh, person. I could be an emo guy. What was it? It was like, daddy doesn't love me, he called it. Yeah, for oh, yeah. The emo I've got the daddy one. doesn't love me look. I was like, wow, that's one of the three. Yeah, they also said that he has like an automatic response to background noise like if there's a helicopter or a siren he stops talking no matter what because he's so used to being on camera yeah that was yeah it's hold for plane <laughs> yeah and also he has diffusers on all of his lights in his house to where like so the light can't shine properly because it's good for production to have yeah. like diffused light or whatever so he says i just keep these up no matter <laughs> what so they're kind of saying that his life is so co-opted by the show that everything from vanderpump rules that he gives bleeds into his life off Vanderpump yeah. rules and he doesn't really know where it begins and ends which I'm sure is true for all of them yes totally. like they used him as the example the piece was about him but I'm sure they all do shit like that yeah you know yeah for sure like they've all been on the show the same amount of time basically yeah well good um, do we do, do we parse that accurately I think um, so well I hope I'm not canceled now no, no for saying that he shouldn't be canceled 
I, I you know what? I might be taking into account a few outlier, uh, you know, people that that I think that was the immediate response that you know, like people just being like, absolutely, you know, he should be fired, and maybe that's not the majority take. Maybe the majority take is this is a very stupid person who said something even more dumb than he said in the past, extremely inflammatory and insensitive, like you said. Yeah. Um, but it might be more par for the course with uh, on this show in the, in terms of the Vanderpump Rules things that we've heard from all of the cast members, just like the most egregious at this time. Yeah, yeah. I did think I liked the behind-the-scenes peek at the Bravo PR having to step in, though. I thought yeah. that was kind of funny they sold him out in that way where they were like because they revealed that she was like I could tell this wasn't ordinary because the Bravo PR person introduced herself to Tom which means she's not usually there wow and yeah. she was like you made a wonderful mocktail for me once at Schwartz and Sandy so like they had met but yeah, usually they don't call in the big guns wow. uh, <laughs> yeah okay cool well is um, that is was there any other you know news to talk about before we get into Vanderpump um, Rules proper I think that anything else will probably come up naturally through the course of talking about the episode. I know you listen to Rachel Goes Rogue. Do you think, is there something that doesn't pertain to the episode that we could talk about before? I think there were some interesting things, I guess, about <laughs> Rachel Goes Rogue. I mean, when I looked at my notes from like what I took away from it, I'm like, none of this is that interesting. Okay. I feel like... The premise of Rachel Goes Rogue now is like, Rachel's like, well, I'm still an active participant in the season, even though I'm not on camera. So now, you know, I have to say my story because I'm being, you know, my, I'm, yeah, I'm like being included in the narrative or whatever. But it's like, I think that's only going to happen for a few more episodes until right. they you don't realize that you're not going to film with them and then they're really not going to include you as part of the story. Right. So I don't know how long the premise of Rachel goes rogue will make sense because I think that they are going to move past Rachel's presence on the mm -hmm. show and get past it. You sound like Sheena on her podcast. Uh, did you see <laughs> Rachel's clap back? Sheena was like, Rachel posted like a reel or a TikTok or both of Sheena saying on her podcast, like what is episode 10 of Rachel Goes Rogue going to be about once she has nothing left to say about Scandaval or whatever. And then she cut together a like three minute montage of Sheena saying Tom, Tom Sandoval, Sandoval, Scandaval, um, just mentioning it nonstop for the past year. And it was a bit of a sleigh, I have to say. Okay. Yeah, it was a sleigh. <laughs> It was a it was a sleigh because it was the first piece of like a viral meme that Rachel Goes Rogue Enterprises created, and I was yeah. like, "This is good." I mean, if you did stuff like this, you win people over, like just like yeah. you said. Um, I do think, I mean, no offense, but everyone was talking about <laughs> Scandal in the world, sure. and Sheena had, I mean, on her podcast has the right to talk about it as much as she wants, and even if it was like clipped fifty times, imagine how many times we have said it. You you would just add this to the, sure. you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, Yes, I understand. Yes, uh, shenanigans consisted of only Scandaval talk for that long, but it makes sense in terms of how <laughs> powerful Scandaval was for a, for six months. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I've said the same thing about Rachel's podcast where it's like, so this is just your thing now? Like, yeah. It, it, it's a little different when, I mean, I understand people say, why shouldn't she have her voice of like her version of the story, which is true. But if the whole point is that this whole thing is so toxic, then like, 
why do you still want to be involved? Yeah. Um, and I did, uh, they did talk about the reality reckoning in that piece, that New York times piece as well, which I was like, there's just so much to explain. I like I was like, Oh God, there's like such a big world. Cause then they have to explain who Bethany Frankel is. Right. And then like, yeah, that's what, that's what it was. <laughs> it was really, it was, it was really like explaining everything to a person that might not be at all familiar with reality television. Yeah. Like even explaining re- reality reckoning and Bethany is like a huge ordeal. Yeah. And then, yeah, Rachel's podcast. And I was just like, it kept going and I was like, I know too much already. I don't know. Yeah. I guess you either want either way that Rachel wants to ha- like, uh, go through the, the, the navigate the future post Vanderpump rules. Either way, it's sort of, um, it's going to be very hard to keep engagement up because either you're commenting on a show that you are not going to be referenced at all next season. I mean, it can only be this season that she's even referenced at all. They're not going to reference her again next season. Yeah. So is it just going to be a commentary on everyone who says a thing about you, you provide the response. And then is Rachel going to goes rogue going to evolve to be like, now she's going to bring in like therapists and other people to talk about the complicated dynamics of all the reality. And I'm less interested in that aspect of the show personally yeah i just don't really care what like someone who who discusses why we smile when we're talking about (laughs) awkward conversations it's like that's not what i'm listening to rachel goes rogue for yeah so i don't know you know i'm sure even rachel doesn't know what the future of what she wants to be like a public figure that's not a part of vanderpump rules like what will she you know offer to the world in terms of like I guess it's called entertainment. Like what, what are we going to get from Rachel goes rogue after the Vanderpump rules era that she existed in is over. And, and, um, but yeah, she did provide some interesting things. She said that like, for me, I was interested because she said that uh, about the planning of the engagement. So Tom Sandoval, like paying for Mm -hmm. the, Rachel, what was it called? Archella. Archella. Yeah. She said that Tom Sandoval told her, uh, to her face that he did that for the show because he knew that season nine was so impacted by COVID that he thought if he put money into this thing, it would be a very engaging storyline yeah. and be good for the show overall. Cause she says that Tom Sandoval treats Vanderpump rules almost like his higher power where everything he does is dedicated to making the show as good slash as successful as it can be. And then that, sort of, you know, goes hand in hand with that profile where mm-hmm. it's like he lets his house be a filming location, yeah. even in the off season. So she said that she said that she never told Nima, that person that was mm-hmm. referenced last week, that Tom told her that she was in an, that they were in an open relationship. She said that the way Tom and Ariana treated her at Coachella um, a year before they were being very sweet to her and almost like loving towards her. And Rachel said to Jesse Montana that she got the sense that Tom and Ariana were in an open relationship. Mm. Jesse Montana said something like, would you be down for that if they were? And Rachel said, I'd be more interested in having sex with Ariana than Tom Sandoval. And then, so Jesse Montana relaying that to Nima or Rachel relaying that to Nima. He just got it wrong that Tom Sandoval specifically said that. And Rachel has no reason really to lie right now because yeah. if she wanted to make Tom Sandoval look even worse, right. she would. Yeah. So I don't think that open relationship comment was true. Okay. Uh, then she said that Tom Sandoval bringing up the Nima podcast actually hurt her more because right. everyone in the world probably forgot that podcast. Even you and I, I didn't yeah. remember that. And yeah. I listened to every episode of shenanigans at the height of Scandaval. So she said him bringing it up on national television caused her more distress because now everybody <laughs> would go look for it right. and find what had hurt her. So it's like, right. if you really, 
if you really cared about my feelings, you would not bring it up again and make mm-hmm. me relive this in a more powerful way. Right. So that was interesting. And then she said, overall, she thinks that Tom Sandoval and James were not very close. Like they did not have a close friendship. But she said that James always admired Sandoval because Sandoval stuck up for him when he was the underdog. So there's always a little bit of that big brother energy that he has. But she doesn't think overall Tom Sandoval and James are very close friends. Got it. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's just, I I think she's got to move on. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I, I think we said it, and we've said it a lot. Uh, I think that if you wanted to continue <laughs> being a part of the Vanderpump Rule, a, a rogue figure in Van, within the Vanderpump Rules universe, you could have gone rogue on Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being a cast member, and you could have done every single thing you want to claim or 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 um you know every single stance you want to take or every single thing you're aggrieved by you could have had those moments and you would have had a receptive audience there for the yeah. most part i mean you could how powerful would it have been if if rachel started to confide in lala who wanted to have a conversation with her about how tom sandoval manipulated her through this process and yeah. we got to see that tom sandoval had to like uh, outwardly say how much he still loved Rachel and then Rachel is saying you were actually detrimental to my mental health and I want to move past you like on the season of the show yeah so I think it's either I don't know I don't think that this is viable for much longer and I think the most powerful way she could have conveyed her story would have been to be on a, a cast member on Vanderpump Rules yeah didn't uh was it Tom that said at the end of the article that like she might still come back or something like that like he was like what else is she gonna do and then uh, Alex Baskin got in another not dig but uh, you know reference to how much she made last season and uh, you know how much she would have made to be on and also threw in I don't remember if I had heard this before that he said her team also wanted to negotiate like a development deal with Bravo like that was one of her asks which I'm like what that she's tried to sweep under the rug that that was ever a factor in her um, decision making to be on the show, yeah. but it clearly was. And then they were just like, "No, absolutely not." Yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's a um, uh, to quote Bethany, "You can't play uh, stupid and smart." Where I feel like she plays the mental health aspect, but secondarily, which you know, I'm not blaming her. She's in this business she wants to make money and have a career she's allowed to do that but it's like she's looking for opportunities she's trying to figure out if the show's the better opportunity if the podcast is a better opportunity if she could have a spin-off whatever she's like negotiating a deal out of like you know for money and for notoriety and for whatever um but then at the same time is saying that her biggest concern is mental health yeah. and i'm like well if we want to con- focus on mental health, then all of this is should be scrapped. Right. Yeah. Like th- that should have never been a factor um, in but your decision making. I understand that that's not uh, the way these people live. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I think, yeah, I think the my main takeaway is just that this is not sustainable. And until she finds another way to convince people to, you know, who want to listen to her or, or you know she just needs to find a new way to live post Vanderpump rules and it can't just be commenting on it I think for, right. the, for all time yeah it's just kind of weird to be in the sidelines and just like chiming in yeah again and again but... I do like the details I, I get but I just think that soon they will be exhausted yeah um yeah I guess uh 
you know, I, I did watch the after show again this week, so that will be peppered in. Um, it's interesting. The I after feel, show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I, I, I love the after show. It's like yeah. you, I, I love when it t- like took place in the timeline. I love what you can glean from the fact that like Sheena does not seem to be in a good place with Ariana at all. Yeah. You know, it's like there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of uh, merit to the after I show. I wish it was on the night of. I know, me too. Like, yeah. Why not? Yeah. One last thing I'll say before we dip into Vanderpump Rules is that um, Alex Baskin seemed to confirm again that Vanderpump Rules would most likely have ended after season 10. He said that season 9 was like dire ratings wise and potentially the end of the show, but they wanted to give it one last season 10 victory lap or something like one more chance. And then Scandival happened and created the biggest thing that's ever happened. But now the same the same uh, dynamics in the group that still led them to why season nine was kind of a flop are still there. It got like artificially inflated the power of Vanderpump rules. So it's yeah. like, interesting that the biggest thing to ever happen. It's a double-edged sword. It totally is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just can't believe, I mean, Alex Baskin seems pretty forthright by saying he's like season 10 most likely would have been the last. Yeah. No, it's very interesting. It was like a Hail Mary by the universe. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, cool. Okay, well, let's let's take a quick, um, you know, what, certified turtle piss break? Sure. If, we, if you need one or I need one, <laughs> and then we'll come back ready to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Uh, episode four, it was called Dog Days of Summer. Let's do it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We're back. Hello. I didn't think uh, I didn't think we were both actually going to take a certified turtle piss break, but we both did. But you know what? We did. <laughs> Isn't that awesome of us? <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry. You think so? Even though you're not supposed to do that for your bladder health. Yeah, you're I've... not supposed to go uh, preemptively. Yeah. You're supposed to wait until it physically almost hurts and yeah. pee is basically almost squirting out before <laughs> you're supposed to do it, I heard. Yeah. But I, I feel the opposite. <laughs> The minute I feel even a drip start to enter my body, yeah. I'm ready. One out of ten, let it out. What, one, yeah, you, you said one <laughs> to a ten, no matter what degree it's at, right? Yeah, even if you just have the the inference yeah, of having like to pee, I, you yeah. should pee. I really, <laughs> I think I, who, they don't know, who knows? Like I said, maybe we should enter our diapers era, like I, Sonia. I would, she wears diapers? Yeah. At what point? <laughs> she wears them in Cartagena. She wears them, she said, on the um, Hamptons Jitney, the bus. Okay. She's like, why not just wear a diaper? No one's the wiser. <laughs> I would, I think it would be, I don't think we should tell the 
uh, you know, our little turtle cuties or whatever when we do start to wear diapers. But maybe the slowly the certified turtle piss break will phase <laughs> out and they'll have to assume, you yeah. know, if they see like a big bunch <laughs> in our pants and they know. You That's know our Vanderpump drools era. Right. I'll That's... never let that joke die. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, dog days of summer. I didn't think that the Graham storyline was going to come this uh, fast. No, I also did not think that. And even <laughs> when an episode is so clearly titled that, I knew the title before going into the episode. I saw it everywhere. <laughs> dog days of summer. And I was like, oh, well, there's not going to be anything related to a dog yeah. in this episode. Yeah. I just thought, I, I didn't understand it. Yeah. But this is it. Yeah. Didn't, were you like me where you heard that it happened at Lake Tahoe and Lisa descended <laughs> down the stairs? Was that just a rumor we were perpetuating on our own? Well, I guess... We assumed, so it sounds like from my memory that Graham does go on that trip. Yeah, he was so in photos. I feel like we just conflated the two. You know, that's I, a big storyline. This I, is a big storyline. I swear I thought that I heard Sheena or someone <laughs> talk about the Graham storyline and they said we were in Lake Tahoe. Maybe they do it again so Lisa, for the group. Yeah, you're, you know what? That's right. Lisa is going to descend down the stairs again. Again, to show Sheena and Lala that she has Graham. Yeah. So nice she did it twice. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, Lala on the after show was saying that she maybe thinks it's a different dog still. That was a great <laughs> thing to bring up. And I didn't know how soon Graham realized that it was. Or sorry, did I say it's how James. soon James realized that it was Graham. But then I thought about it. It's like, I know how my dogs look. You know? Yeah. Like, I know exactly every little face they make. So it makes sense. He said that he had the same wiggle yes. that he always had. Yeah. So I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, I guess we'll wait, I guess, to talk about it yeah. at the end of the episode. But yeah, I was shocked by this. I. Vanderpump Rules shocked me. I was just as shocked as James. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it starts at James's house. They gave him that airplane intro again. Yep. They're just going to do it every single time, I think. Yes, I think so too. <laughs> Which uh, I think, did they ask Schwartz on Watch What Happens Live if he thinks that it's so bad or whatever? And he's like, it ends up, he's like, we had something similar at our house and it just becomes white noise after a while. Like not a big deal. It's true. Uh, <laughs> I know that firsthand because I lived next to the 101 yeah. um, in Silver Lake. I lived right next to the wall that separated oh, our house from the 101. And it sounded the first couple of days we went there. It's obviously the worst noise you could ever hear in your life. <laughs> and we all got used to it yeah. after a year of living there. Yeah. It did just become white noise. Yeah. I used to, until recently, live near the children's hospital and you would hear helicopters and for a second I would be annoyed and then I'd realize that I need to get my act together yeah. because that's very sad. Of course, whatever is happening there is bad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just I thought, bad first, news. Before you said hospital, I thought you were going to say I used to hear the laughter of children. <laughs> well, that too, but that's another story. Um so then, oh my gosh, this was funny. Ariana and Katie, after they left uh, Sir last episode, they got an Uber driver who revealed that he's the one that drove 
Ariana and Tom home on March 1st, 2023, when they were screaming at each other, fighting right after she found out right. at Tom Tom. Yeah, he said, or I guess when he delivered her back to her home, he goes, oh my God, I remember you now, right? You <laughs> yeah, were he's in like, that- I remember this house. You and your husband were yeah. fighting because he cheated or whatever. Yeah. What? But she says something like, Katie, what about that lift last night or whatever? And I was like, was Katie in the lift? And then Ariana is explaining to her what happened because then Katie didn't know any of the right. details Maybe to she it dropped her off first or something i don't know <laughs> yeah i guess so um but maybe that guy just always works on that block yeah you know? this is basically the same drive yeah that he made yeah uh that was funny though i thought that yeah I thought that was interesting of all the things that yeah and and ariana says that you know imagine who would love to interview that lift driver about what he witnessed or heard in that yeah. car yeah he didn't realize what a moment in history they should track him down that would be funny them like the show <laughs> <laughs> and just ask him what it was like. He should be the bartender. Oh, yeah. I would like that, too. I mean, I wonder. I'm sure it was just. Yeah, I know. It would be interesting to hear. <laughs> right? Um, but, yeah. And then they're talking shit about Schwartz, as they do. Um, saying they don't want to go to Tahoe or whatever. And then I felt like they did Ariana a little dirty. They had her talking shit about Schwartz while holding up a makeup yeah. mirror and putting her powder on. And I was like, what were they trying to show us it was giving the um who's the villain in snow white oh uh is that maleficent i'm not sure but no that's sleeping beauty sorry oh i'm sorry who's the villain sleeping beauty maleficent yeah i don't know it was yeah to me i thought the same thing i was like (laughs) but she did say like she knew that she was going to be that confessional moment would be used so she was fine did she think it was a sleigh like, did she think it was, like, funny to be, like, I'm unbothered. Like, I'm doing my makeup while I talk about this. Or was she just kind of, like, I don't know. I, I think it was, what's it, uh, Roar, what's it, Rorschach? Uh-huh. I think it's a Rorschach uh, <laughs> test. It took, like, in terms of how you view Ariana. Like, if you wanted to say, like, oh, she's saying something, like, about Schwartz, about how, like, he's being uh, horrendous or whatever. And she's doing this thing where she's, like... Uh, you know looking in the mirror and trying to make herself look better like you could say oh that's kind of a villainous edit but also you could be like yeah it's cool like she's right. so unbothered right that she's like doing her makeup or fixing her hair while she's also talking about this shit yeah it was kind of weird i don't know but but she made it so they had to use that because what she said was good Relevant. a great confessional yeah conversation she just decided to be fixing herself up during it yeah i guess she was going for unbothered she said that it is so like a man Schwartz as a man to assume Ariana's um, disposition, even though he hasn't uh, been around her for months. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, you know, a little counter to that. I think it's, well, oh, sorry. I mean, no, no. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not debating that he's a man and he had that assumption, but I will say that Schwartz does know Ariana just because he hasn't mm-hmm. been with her in the last few months. Sure. He's got a long history with Ariana. And I think, if you don't see someone for six months, even at a pivotal time in their life, you still know them. Right. Right. I, I you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not out on a limb no, on that one. They go way back. Um, yeah. I don't know. This, uh, I'm curious to see uh, how this nets out because as I've said on the after show, she still seems very uh, over it. And her takes haven't changed. I'm not yet. Yeah, you know what? I, I watched the new after show and I'm not getting, I'm not actually getting that same sense as you that she feels very 
um, tired and over it. I'm not, okay. I'm not getting that sense. I actually think her takes are much better when she's removed from the actual action and she has more time to think in that environment. I actually get what she's saying more on the after show than when she's in these confessionals at yeah. the height of the moment or yeah. at the height of the moment. Yeah. So, um, but, but I think I'm tired of like caveating about like, you and I are going to, for the rest of the season, talk about things about Schwartz and Sandoval, and they're going to sound like they're in defense or whatever, and then we're like uh, making fun of Ariana, but it's like, that's just not how you can watch Vanderpump Rules properly and, and recap it and talk yeah. about it. So I just want to be fully honest about everything you know I, I feel, even if it sounds like it's a d- defense of indefensible actions that Tom Sandoval yeah. made. You know, I couldn't be more on Ariana's side through this whole thing. And what Tom Sandoval did is one of the worst things in the world you could ever do to a human. And, but, but still there has to be nuance when we talk about all these things. Yeah. So that leads me to talking about the Tahoe trip. Yeah. And Katie, like actively not wanting to go on this Tahoe trip, mm-hmm. which she says that she has to get work done for something about her and that that's why she can't go to Lake Tahoe because there's like permits and um, she's hiring the staff. Does she not go? I don't think she goes. Uh, I mean, he says, he's, uh, they all say multiple times that Katie and Ariana are not going. I thought Ariana went though. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Because I'm in that from this photo episode. that uh, with the fans posing that we heard about, I think Ariana's in the photo and that's why people were like, what the fuck? No, she's not in it. Oh. No, Sheena's in it. Oh. Um, I thought that she was in it. No. I thought she I, was. I'm, I'm almost positive Ariana's not in a photo with Tom Sandoval. We'll see. Are, are you sure? Do you think? I remember that because I remember being like, what the hell? Like, I think she like, the whole group was there and I feel like she like posed on the side or something. Maybe. So wait, but this entire episode, they're talking about how they're not going to go and you think that they surprise them and go? I mean, I know that they there's a bonus that they get, and they actually get paid more yeah. if they go to every event. So I just wouldn't be surprised if they do go. Did you watch the the scenes from next week's episode where they're all howling at the moon at Wolf? Did you watch that? Oh, yeah, it was quick. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm just I'm wondering if Katie and Ariana were in that. I'm almost positive that Ariana would not have been in a photo with Tom Sandoval at that moment. But if you're right, I'm remembering this. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's it. well, um, that's, it's good that there's surprises. But I just think that Katie's justification for not going on this Tahoe trip is a little weak. Yeah. I don't think in those three days she had a lot to do. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, almost March 2024 and they are not open. So. Right. And um, she said, I'd rather eat a jean jacket than go on this trip. But it's like. What was that reference to? You know, when you eat a jean jacket, it's one of the worst things you can eat. So you really don't want to do that. Oh, was I missing something there? No, I think she's just wearing more jean jackets and she's realizing how awful it would be to eat one. Or if it, it might be a pop culture reference. I, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But I, I have to say about Katie, and I'm just going to bring it up now. I had so much goodwill towards Katie last season. I like, really, I was like, this is Katie's season. The Satchel era. If Ariana hadn't claimed it for herself and it became Ariana's season definitively, uh, Ariana was the hero of last season. Tom Sandoval was the villain. It was Katie's season for the taking. The way she navigated her divorce with Tom Schwartz and made Tom Schwartz look like a, a bumbling child. And she was so powerful and responding to Rachel kissing her ex-husband and all that shit. Yeah. I was like, damn, I'm like riding for Katie. But now Katie is really taking a back seat to Ariana and people will say she's a loyal friend. Like this mm-hmm. is amazing. But Katie and Ariana, this alliance, like I love it, but I never would have ever imagined that like Ariana's 
de facto number one best friend is now Katie in all of her scenes. And that every decision they make are fully correlated for all of the future. Like Katie has no nuance anymore. I mean, at the after show, she like doesn't speak a word. And I'll say it. That's her natural way of being is finding a powerful alpha and being by their side. (laughs) Right. Right. Stassi 2.0. Right. And I, but I'm like, I, I, so, okay. And Ariana is one of the only people that was, as alpha as Stasi. Yes. She would never give Stasi the time of day and it drove Stasi insane. But I'm of two minds of this in which and I'm of two minds of almost everything. I'm on two I'm of two minds. Part of me is like Katie enjoys being the best friend to someone and doesn't need to actively do a lot when she is helping someone else out or she's fine being the person that someone relies on during a tough time or whatever. I mean, she was that for Stassi, but then a part of me is like when Katie was the alpha in season 10, she was so much more powerful and making a lot of great decisions. And even the bad decisions she made, like they were justifiable. I don't even think she made any like horrific decisions in season 10 I I was like almost fully on her side so I just don't know why she enjoys taking the back seat in these situations like that now that you know what I mean and I would have never I guess just imagined that Katie would have just become Ariana's ride or die best friend through thick and thin just because they opened a sandwich shop together (laughs) right I mean it it was weird that they did that in the first place considering that they weren't very close it's a new alliance that we have to think about right I guess you don't think we have to (laughs) Like, it it's it wasn't it's not it shouldn't be taken for, taken for granted that Katie and Ariana are now thick as thieves and and absolutely connected in all things right because that wasn't always the case right but I mean I did think it was interesting that uh, they brought up Ariana brought up that she was never allowed to get very close to Katie because of Tom because he hated her um, so it's like. I do believe there was probably something to that, that she was more loyal to Tom. And so she was like, I'm not going to really fuck with Katie very much because he doesn't want me to. And so he, she saw Katie through his lens. Yes. Um, but I've been getting the vibe on the after show that Katie doesn't necessarily wholeheartedly agree with everything Ariana is saying, but she just doesn't have the energy to like call her on it. Yeah. I Well, yeah. I mean, I think that Katie is fine at this period of time whenever this was filmed in june and july of being a hundred percent whatever ariana says is is right and i agree with it and i haven't heard one counter to anything that ariana has said and you could make the case that everything ariana is saying is is perfectly justifiable Uh, i'll say she stretches the limits of that this episode by discounting tom sandoval's uh, mental health yeah um you know but yeah. i i just i don't know i guess i'm just i've already come to like take for granted that that katie is ariana's ride or die best friend and that just happened this season yeah it's never happened before yeah but you're right things have changed ariana is now viewing katie differently but this is not a, a tested friendship right yeah and it is true now that like Katie has to stand in full support because of what Ariana's going through. So it's already sort of an off kilter friendship because she just has to not blindly, but like wholeheartedly 
just say like, yes, girl, like do what you need. Fuck Tom, like fuck Schwartz. Like, you know, like call the cops on him. I mean, we could just say, we could just say Ariana in the after show (laughs) saying like, or if she would have said, I would have called the cops. Like I need to get sleep and he's partying with people who I hate in my house. And you know, Katie would have agreed, even though she thought it was the worst thing in the world when Randall played the cop prank. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't think there's anything that Ariana can say now that would get pushback from from Katie and also it's interesting to think that that Lisa Vanderpump when she's calling this summit at Villa Rosa to change the game of this season she doesn't even think about inviting Katie because she knows it's a complete lost cause right um yeah well that's why I I know that it started off with a performative moment with the Rachel call but I think Lala is embodying that in-between spirit that I honestly appreciate having yeah yeah, I, I do honor that in between spirit. I think it means more to me coming from Sheena than it does to Lala because I think Lala is less authentic with the stances she takes throughout the entire show. And this seems like a good move for her to, you know, you know, however she wants to justify it. I do think she's legitimately thinking about it. But for me, the moral dilemma that Sheena has is way more interesting sure. to me because that is a hard position yeah, to be in. Yeah, Sheena's in a true rock in a hard place because she was basically equally close with both parties Lala has no skin in the game but I do enjoy her being she's kind of using this entire scenario to do some soul searching or you know lead us to believe she's doing soul searching on everything that happened with Randall why she was triggered so like Mm -hmm. strongly with the scandal of all of it all how she responded how she regrets the way she responded and I I don't know I I, I like, it's almost like her, uh, the way Erica Jane has been more yes. recently, where you're very surprised that she's able to keep it together because historically that has not been the case. They're very similar, Erica so, Jane and Lala. Yeah, like her conversation with Schwartz by the pool, I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, so I, I loved her conversation with Schwartz, which we'll talk about. I thought that was great, a beautiful conversation. And then on the other end of what Lala does wrong, when she's trying to make James's sobriety a storyline for right. her, I was like, this flops like a fish. So I'm divided about Lala. Right. I, she has some powerful moments where I'm like, I love everything you're saying. You're so cutting. You're so smart. When she's aimed at the right target, Lala is like powerful as hell. But then she just doesn't get it right half the time, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But I am at least... I like that this point of view is there. Me too. Of course. What would this show be like if this was not (laughs) even being brought up at all? Yeah. We would not have a a season. And that's why they had to have that meeting, I think, at Evolution. Yeah. So Um, then this plays into her and Sheena go to Villa Rosa. Lisa introduces a new dog, Donut. I know. Little scrappy little Did you like Donut? I mean, new dog alert. I know. Wow. I should have known then. I should have been like, that's why it's called Dog oh. Days of Summer because Lisa got a new dog. Right. Did you like that Lisa was making a flower arrangement throughout their entire conversation? She just cannot be stopped. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, but yeah, it's it's ha- kind of hard to talk about this because um, I want to be sensitive. Uh, but it does seem like um, the trigger warning suicide storyline if i want to call it that is like the undercurrent of it's like lisa is making that the path forward yes that's going to keep coming up like i feel like the next five episodes are going to have to have that warning at the end of the episode Mm -hmm. um 
so it's like I want to be sensitive because I am glad that it's being discussed because it's relevant and necessary. Um, but I feel like it's like real tricky then when people start to deny or doubt Tom being truthful about that. Um, Who is denying that? Um, Ariana. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think you and I just I, I, again a caveat. It's like you and I are sensitive and yeah. are being thoughtful so anything we say right it's like you know what i mean like no, yeah I, I yeah i take that shit seriously i think it's good that it's being discussed it's just interesting seeing it continue to be the thing that gets brought up right meaning that it's almost like it's like a silver bullet against yes what not what he did but like the backlash because it's like well you can't argue with the flip side right um which i think is real but I also think it's being used as basically the only solid ground to stand on of giving him a break. Yes. And it, it, it's Lisa is using it, for lack of a better term, as um, her number one evidence to why everyone needs to forgive Tom Sandoval. Yeah. And it's easy for her. She didn't have that evidence at the reunion when she was already sticking by his side. But now she's like, hey, like, we have to really take into account this thing that also personally affected me. And yeah, yeah so, so Lisa sits, everyone sits Lala and Sheena down to talk, say, specifically write to them directly, you need to take it easy on Tom Sandoval. He is contemplating, he contemplated suicide and we need to really re- reassess how we treat him mm-hmm. for his mental well-being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a difference though between reaching out to someone or not uh you know wishing they were dead or making their life total hell there's a difference between that and being like i hope that you're okay like generally like there's like you can still be like boundaried and not have to be back in best friends with someone just because you're like i hope that you're doing okay like i know this was a lot or whatever um and i on the after show they were kind of saying like Lala also you could tell was like how do I see this like everyone's kind of like hmm, how do I Just talk like about this yeah um but she was saying she felt a little bit like Lisa was putting it on them yes. that like if he had done something that basically it would have been their fault yeah. and it's up to them to stop him yeah, I know yeah and then Ariana <laughs> said which you know Ariana said it as well as someone can say it she said if Lisa really thought those things, she should have gotten professional help yeah. for Tom Sandoval and not told it to Sheena and Lala, who are not equipped right. to deal with this properly. If it was a serious thing that Lisa was thinking about, she would have reached out to someone professional and not put that mental health burden that it is Sheena and Lala's job to make Tom Sandoval feel better during this time. Right. And I mean, it's that's true yeah i mean yeah ever sheena feels that way too but she doesn't want to say it because she ne- never wants to be on lisa's bad side but i think it was a little manipulative yeah of lisa to to put tom sandoval's emotional well-being and and, and um make them accountable for what potentially could happen to him brock says the same thing later mm-hmm. he says that about lisa he yeah. says he says sheena i don't think it was fair for you to have to ha- like hold that burden of yeah. tom sandoval's mental well-being yeah, and then on the after show, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying that yeah. uh, Sheena reveals that she ha- she lost a friend years ago, um, who she had talked to, and maybe her final words to that person weren't what she wishes they were, and 
so she's also triggered by this and was like, I would never want something like that to happen again. Like I already, I'm also very sensitive to that kind of a thing. Right. Um, but yeah, like Ariana was saying, uh, her take on this was that, uh, she was like, well, Tom talked about my, uh, you know, thoughts like that on fucking Howie Mandel. So he wasn't so sensitive about it then. Right. So it's like, it depends who you're talking about, I guess. So I think she was like, kind of like pissed that now he's getting the, you know, yeah, the nice treatment when like she had been through something like that and he brought it up publicly. Um, right. To be- to kind of defend himself saying that like his life was hell because she had those thoughts or whatever. Yeah, totally. Totally. And he did. I mean, I remember yeah. when he was on Howie Mandel saying that shit to like the world. And it was horrible. It yeah. was awful. But I guess what can we what can we do as people who th- are thinking about this uh, and really trying to grapple with this, but not consider that, but then also consider this, you know, right. it's like. It's we're it's a what's that called case by case basis. I we we we, we you, I know. you factor in everything in the world. But if he did that and he said that on Howie Mandel and he was sort of playing with the idea of mental health and not being not representing it well or, or outing that, but then also he's in this state and we can't deny that he is. I mean, he you know right. one of the most reviled people in America. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's like you ha- we have to just account for everything and still believe when he says this that this is true right no yeah it's it's really tricky because like ariana on one hand you would think if she had been through that that she would understand how serious that is or you know would be like well i wouldn't wish that on anyone or whatever but she's still so pissed that she's like it's bullshit he's using it to manipulate you um and uh it's it's tricky it's tricky. It's, it's tricky, and I think it's going to get trickier and trickier to talk about Vanderpump Rules in in the sort of black and white team Ariana, um, what's the opposite of team, villain Sandoval uh, yeah. structure that everybody right. wants us to adhere to. It's not easy to talk about this. Yeah, and like at in the pool, which is later, but like she says uh, when Sheena brings up this conversation with Lisa and she was like, Lisa is seeing a lot of similarities with like what happened with her brother and like she's worried about it or whatever. And Ariana goes, her brother and Tom are very different people. And I'm like, did you know her brother? Like what? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, so, it just feels like bold to like auto uh, auto veto. Uh, yeah. Someone's I mean, suicidal tendencies. Yeah. I mean, she's shaking her head actively while yeah, Sheena is. She's like, absolutely not. Like, we're not going to give him this. Yeah. It's, no. Yeah. So at, at the end of this, because, you know, we'll transition to the pool scene. But um, Lala and Sheena, once Lisa Vanderpump um, allows that new fact to be a part of the universe of Vanderpump Rules, you can see now that they are actively going to include Tom Sandoval in the rest of the season. I mean, really, it, that's like all it took. Not only is Lisa Vanderpump a person that they respect just as their former boss, but this is also a producer of the show, and she just used, like you said, no disrespect, a silver bullet that you cannot deny. Yeah. You have to factor that in. And you could almost say that Lisa is saying the show depends on this as well. You, right. we, we cannot move forward if no one, if this, if this strong line between the cast exists, the show cannot exist. Right. Yeah. Uh, she teased it up and Sheena's like crying about how, uh, what a 
great friend Tom was to her or whatever. And uh, yeah, Lisa's like, wouldn't it just be better to forgive? And she's like, is it worth losing Ariana? And that's like the big question. Right. So I, I want to ask you, um, be, so when uh, the reason why Sheena cannot even be in the same room with Tom Sandoval or we'll sit down with him, but it's like, no one can see us. Like I, I will not give you anything. The reason is because she thinks she will lose her best friend, Ariana, because yeah. Ariana specifically said, um, I will not have mutual friends with this person. Yeah. Is, is that a justifiable stance for Ariana to take given that this is even in her real life, is it justifiable, but especially in the universe of a reality show, is that a stance that she can continue to take? Because in my opinion, Lala and James, they're not Ariana's best friends. Yeah. And I don't think they are as aggrieved by what Tom Sandoval did than even Sheena, yeah. or especially Ariana. So they are going to allow Tom Sandoval to come into their life a little bit. You know, they're going to give him his, put him through the paces. But is Ariana going to say, James, if you ever even start to form a friendship again, you will not be my friend. I don't think she will. Or right. I don't think like, she can. Does she care that much? Yeah. yeah. Like it's, do you think already she's gotten away from that moral stance, that line in the sand? I feel like maybe she's using it for people that she doesn't really want to fuck with anyways, like Schwartz. Like I feel like she's yes. like over Schwartz anyways. So yes. she's like, I'm done with you. Right. You know? <laughs> so, so when, let's say Lala and James and then to a much greater extent Sheena when they do start to dive in to the Tom Sandoval world again and potentially start to forgive him you don't think Ariana will will adhere to that same stance that she made last I mean, she year. was already like not very bothered about what Lala said to Rachel like she wasn't very she wasn't really offended at all about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, her, her stance was, I will not have mutual friends with this person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where she, what she's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, do you agree with me that, um, that it's not viable for the show to operate under those? Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I don't think she cares, which is like detrimental. Who That Ariana doesn't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think she does either. I I have to give her credit that she is doing what she would have actually done in real life, which is that she would have written him off and never seen him again ever. Well, except I guess in their house. Yeah. But would have never, ever talked to this person again if this was real life. And the only reason she even sort of will bend on that stance is because of, of a reality show. Right. Which, so it's making her corrupt her reality. Yeah. For the show. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, did you see on the after show, Lala was saying that um, she was basically saying that Ariana doesn't have a leg to stand on because they still live in the same house. Yeah. Like she was like, imagine if I would have told people that they weren't allowed to play pickleball with Rand, but I still lived in the house. And I was like, I mean, I think it's weird that they still live in the house in the sense that like they just cannot get on the same page about what to do with it. But I don't think it means that yeah. like, she's somehow not furious with him yeah. just because she lives there. Lala is really hung up on that aspect of it. That's her silver bullet in terms of how she can get away with talking critically of Ariana. That would never be the hill that I would die on. It doesn't make, it's not, no. you and can it's still like, have a strong hatred of someone and then be trying to actively, 
navigate a really complicated real estate decision. That right. Because you know? they co-own, which well, Lala and, never I, and I don't think, I think if Lala would have told Schwartz not to play pickleball, but still did have to live in his house, she would not think that, that was not justifiable. She would have said, I absolutely am taking this person for all he's worth and I'm, I'm going to die in this house, but yeah. I still want you to hate him with me. Yeah. She would take that. Totally. So I don't know why Lala keeps using that as her one way to criticize this scenario it's not it's not very good not very strong evidence yeah but lala can justify anything it's true yeah um okay so schwartz shows up to a pool party brings another plant for some reason um why is he doing this i I I can't just let us brush past it it's been he's this is the third plant yeah it's weird he's making ali have to be uh mean (laughs) In her confessional, which she never is. Not mean, but she's making Allie have to call into question why she's getting so many plants. Is it because you never go to a new house as a guest empty-handed and he's just using plants as the one gift that he wants to keep giving? I guess. He's in this plant era, although me and my friends were joking that some of his plants are looking a little crusty in his apartment. Maybe not the biggest green thumb. Do you think he's possibly um, not knowing what's going to get cut? Scenes are going to get cut every time he goes to James and Allie's house. So he's making sure that he arrives with a plant in at least one scene. I guess. I mean, he also brought tequila this week. So he came with two gifts. But the tequila makes sense. Yeah. But then it's like, so you brought something. You didn't also have to bring a plant. Right. (laughs) I I, I guess I, I think he's. I, I don't know why he's doing it, but I guess he just really, really loves plants and wants them to have three of them. I guess so. Um, also, I was alarmed to see James <laughs> jumping off the roof and then Schwartz jumping off the roof. And I was like, no one should be doing this. But I feel like especially Schwartz, like he just seems like accident prone to me. I don't know if that's based on fact, but I don't think it is. Maybe it's his lack of athleticism compared to maybe the others. Like Tom Sandoval would do like a backflip. And I feel like James is kind of that way too. And I feel like Schwartz is not. You know, he's, I don't think Schwartz is accident prone, but I get exactly what you're saying where (laughs) I was a little more worried about Schwartz up there. Yeah. Um, I think that the roof was close enough to the pool where that was a safe jump, but you're right. No one should do that. No, it was giving to bring up Almost Famous again. Remember, he's like, I'm a golden god and jumps off the roof. Yeah, but he lands in the pool, right? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. I thought I was like, he doesn't die right then. Um, Did you like this pool party overall? I mean, it was giving show. Yeah, I thought I I was was of two minds again. Um, I was like, would I want this to be a pool party that was vibrant with a bunch of people, but then I know that every time like they pan to the camera, people are looking in the cameras or trying to get the spotlight on them or talking. Like I hate those scenes too. Where yeah. it's like you know that the hangers on people are there in the mix. Then also this felt a little light where it's like just the seven of them plus three other people that yeah. they never even it's sh- like Jesse Jericho is always there. Uh yeah, I- there were a couple question mark people, but uh, yeah, I guess I wasn't. I, w- I guess I wasn't sure, but I just I felt like the fun, a little bit of the fun, was hampered by this not being a more vibrant pool party. But yeah. I don't know how many people I would have accepted in the mix to make it a little more fun. Yeah, I also think uh, James needs to invest uh, in a carpenter or someone to help him cover up his electrical components on that back wall. They're real eyesore. Oh, I didn't see them. What do they look like? It's just like a massive. It's like the like the electric meter and like a bunch of like it's just ugly oh on the back of the house yeah needs oh, to I, get something built around okay. that um i didn't see that and then oh my god we go over to into me see the quantum wellness studio yeah and it's into it's intimacy 
but but yeah but you're right no it's it's spelled like that into me see yes <laughs> right s-e-a yeah right yeah right <laughs> but pronounce intimacy yes and then they they get in and uh the person asks sandoval if he if he's ever done a cold plunge before and he says yes of course and i was thinking world's toughest right right <laughs> but he doesn't explain that yeah but it's for sure it's from no there. problem for him um he's obviously with billy lee the only person that will film with him also did you notice kyle chan made an appearance in the new york times piece yeah he goes up um he goes up to sandoval at one point right and says yeah they're like because I feel like they, uh, a lot of times, didn't name people. Like, they didn't name Katie Maloney. Did you notice that? They were like, uh, Ariana is opening a sandwich shop with another cast member. I was like, oof. <laughs> but they named Kyle Chan. What did they, What was the Kyle Chan uh, reference It was again? like, and we ran into, or Kyle Chan was there, a jewelry designer that's one of the only friends who didn't okay. like leave his side or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when Katie didn't get the name drop, I was like, sucks yeah that was sad <laughs> um so yeah billy is amazed at tom's ability to do the cold plunge overly she can't amazed. fucking believe it overly amazed <laughs> she is has the same shocked face she had when tom sandoval was recounting the um james and Kristen sex they was having where she's just like she's overdoing all of her reactions to tom yeah. sandoval she's treating him like a I don't know a mythical figure i know and like it's like, I, I'm ah, okay. I like a cold plunge. Okay. I'm sure it's cold as hell. But she's like, how intense is the cold plunge? And he like can barely speak. He's he like, it's intense. Yeah. She's like one out of 10. How intense? And he won't even give her a numerical rating of it. And he goes, this is really intense. Yeah. And then, and then that part is kind of weird. You're just watching Billy Lee like hover over him in the bath talking, talking about how like, people do this. It's not so wild. You know, yeah. they're treating this like this is like, I don't know. It's like, like so app- basic. Like everyone in Hollywood has one of those. Like in their he backyard. has a blindfold and an apple on his head. And someone's <laughs> going to shoot the apple off. Um, and then he goes, I have never, which I thought this connected with me. He said, I feel extremely weird right now. He goes, I have never been an outsider in my friend group, which is so true. Yeah. Tom Sandoval has always been the, if not the center, he's always been specifically advocating for the outsider to come back into a group and he'll actively fight the group to get an outsider back in. He's never been in this. So there's no Tom Sandoval to help him outside of the group because Schwartz sucks at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't have a Tom Sandoval in the group to bring him back. It's true. Uh, he said he feels like Andy Dufresne when he first gets to Shawshank. I, I, I think besides Jax talking about Shawshank Redemption a hundred times, I think this is the first other cast member who's made a reference. Yeah. I he thought knew he, his name and everything. Yeah, Andy Dufresne, yeah. right? I thought he was going to be like, I feel like I just crawled out of that pipe covered in shit. <laughs> but then I was like, that's a good Maybe feeling. that's how the season ends. Maybe we'll say- forgive him and he'll climb through the shit and out. And get rained on. I think it's very possible. He could have also said, I feel like I just entered the pipe filled with shit. You know? Yeah. It's like the Chud Tunnel. Oh, what? The tunnel that they created uh, to get out of Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, and then Billy Lee just keeps looking at him stunned. And then they go back to the pool party. Yeah. she. Uh, every time they cut to her, her eyes are more wide than my eyes have ever been in my life yeah she is really wants us to know that she is finding sandoval really what's the right word um really 
insightful and powerful and she's stunned by yeah. everything that he's going through i have a question why is this is really mean and i'm sorry billy lee i know billy i'm sorry it, i you know I, I didn't tell you this but billy lee wants us on her podcast billy oh, and the kids so kid. i'm gonna so obviously i'm gonna couch my feelings but why is billy lee so bad on camera in, yeah. in these scenes when she was actually a cast member right wasn't she on season seven wasn't she a full yeah ca- she was almost full time like she had scenes with lisa she was not getting invited to girls night i think that was season eight or season yeah, seven she I'm- had that full blowout with lala right yes yes totally. um, she was like she was she was a friend of almost yeah. full-time cast member getting her own scenes she I'm also like, appears to not have done the cold plunge herself she just joined him and watched but are you with me at all that like these scenes i you'd think with a former cast member if it was Kristen Doty, and she yeah. for somehow some reason uh forgiven tom sandoval these scenes would hit so hard but she's just like a blank slate she's not getting any she's not creating anything good and obviously yeah. i understand why kyle chan isn't a good scene partner but billy Lee, you were on this show yeah you're really flopping in these scenes and also i have to say i thought about this again when sandoval keeps having to show up to these places with either kyle chan <laughs> billy lee or jason i'm like if Jax and Kristen and stassi were still on this show they would have filmed scenes with him in two seconds yeah i was excited to see the clip from next week where him and schwartz like drive i don't know if they drive all the way to tahoe or they're just in the car together once they're there and i was like well at least he gets to like have conversations with somebody i mean really schwartz should have been in all of these scenes with sandoval if he wants to be ride or die for him but he's just getting pulled in other directions where all the events happen on the same day and he wants to be more a part of the the cast than he does but he He would have probably been the scene partner to Sandoval in all of yeah. the scenes. He just got busy doing other shit. Yeah. And Billy, uh, I mean, they double down again on that conversation where she's like, I thought that we were going to lose you. And so I'm like, okay, that's just, I guess, what his storyline is for a while. Um, yep. And then we go back to the party where Lala tries to bring up uh james is drinking to Allie. yeah so so yeah i just want to take a minute to just say um that so i said this last week where i felt clearly that lala when she was talking about james's sobriety wants to have that be a storyline because it really has nothing to do with her and she doesn't need to know anything about it other than he has been sober for three months but she wants to as a sober person make his journey you know, a part of her journey. And so she goes, she's asked Allie if she can ask James what his rock bottom moment was that, that sent him on his sober journey, which she says is such a pivotal thing, right? Yeah. To every sober person. And Allie's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what that was, but he did have a moment. So if you want to ask him, you can. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was weird. I don't know. It felt like unnecessary. Um, I just, I, I, it's representative to me of Lala not really knowing what to put out on camera. And once she lost her, her Rachel storyline that she wanted, now she's making this a part of her storyline. Right. But then it cuts to James chugging, uh, marijuana drinks, um, which reminded me of him drinking the fireball, 
uh, on like season five or whatever, whenever that was. Yeah, um. it, it was the same. It was the same thing. It was like he wanted to have that same chaotic energy of like doing something wild, but he's doing it with a weed drink. I mean, he would get high as hell. I yeah. think from chugging half that thing, and then while he's chugging, a fire erupts on the yeah. barbecue, and he has yeah. a hard time putting it out. Yeah. Um, also, Lala, um, she says her rock bottom was when she was drunk at Disney World for four days. Um, she said that she was face chugging booze and i'm like isn't chugging face chugging yeah she means i think face chugging like um kristen doty when you know on the scenes after one of those trips or like um james when he did specifically chug isn't that just chugging yeah i guess did she want us to know it wasn't butt chugging (laughs) (laughs) i think i think you say face chugging when it's not when a bottle when a bottle of liquor or liquor in a bottle should be put in a cup but you take it upon yourself to skip the middle person you know what i mean makes sense but you're right about butt chugging (laughs) i also thought you didn't have a butt chugging event at disney world where you're upside down you'd be banned yeah you'd be oh could you imagine mickey mouse would immediately come out and say get the hell out of here what was her rock bottom story (laughs) it's not funny at all but whenever they show Lala's descent into madness or whatever, like it's always the it's always the the scene where she called Katie fat, right? Yeah. But so they don't really have her worst horrible drunken moments on camera. They don't really have evidence of of, of that moment. So right. I don't know. I, I'm always interested because I don't think I never knew what that rock bottom moment was. It was for, it was Disney World being drunk at Disney World, and there was a four day bender that mm-hmm. ended with her chugging alcohol in bed and then she said never again yeah i guess so um no i think uh yeah at one point they show her and james like a montage of their relationship which is a truly unique relationship um and she you know yeah they showed how out of control they were together being like everyone here clearly isn't working on their summer bodies yeah Uh, and they were just like freaking frack being little gremlins um totally and now she's trying to be like we've gone through ups and downs together and now we're going to have a sober journey together. And I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, then, then Lala uh, takes a pool float and she starts to float over to Schwartz. She goes, take this little float off my head so I can come talk to you. Schwartz looks insane. You thought so? <laughs> He's like disheveled wearing little orange sunglasses <laughs> and like a Hawaiian shirt. He just looks crazy. Yeah. And then uh, Lala says... You know, this is all post the Lisa conversation, but I think she would have said this to Schwartz anyway. She was like, I'm sorry I came heavy at you, um, you know, yesterday or whenever the See You Next Tuesday event was. Yeah. Um, it's a process and I'm still trying to, you know, get o- over some feelings that I have that this like triggers in me. And Schwartz says, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. You know? Yeah, she and, said she goes from machetes to crying in the fetal position, and she has to figure out something in between, um, which kind of reminded me of Bethany. Like, I feel like when you're so overwhelmed, like you either like rage or like just sobbing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and like, in, in contrary to that, Schwartz is like always in the middle. Like, yeah. he never has that guns blazing versus fetal position. Yeah, um, and then t- uh, Schwartz switches the conversation to be about Ariana. Uh, and he says, there was a moment last night where Ariana looked at me like I was subhuman. Yeah. Using callback, callback to the words she specifically, you know, said to Rachel at the reunion, he felt subhuman the way she looked at him and the way she talked to him. And he said, she's been exalted to this queen status. He loves the word exalted. He said it now six times and she has this diva energy and I love her, 
but I'm not going to fawn for her affection. Yeah, I respect that. I, I know. I um, I think it's real. To, it's very real. Which people need to separate when you, <laughs> we find something compelling and real. It's not justifying anything. But I I do feel like an underrated feud, a great conflict that is going to arise throughout the season is going to be Schwartz versus Ariana. Yeah. Two people who have been on the same side of things for ten years finally have a division in their relationship, and. How Schwartz views Ariana matters. I think it matters after their long history. Yeah. And how Ariana treats Schwartz matters. And I know she's justified because Tom Schwartz did not tell her the truth. Even though he was friends with her, he did not say that Tom Sandoval was actively doing that. But I just think either way, this is a conflict that is is has a lot of meaning given mm-hmm. their history. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, I liked that Lala, you know, she basically like let him say that. She was basically like, I get what you mean. Did you did I, did you think like me that she was going to jump into the water and create a big, <laughs> huge, what's that called when you make a huge like wake? Like a cannonball. And then race to tell Ariana what he said? <laughs> uh, no, I was vibing on their connection. I, I liked it. Um, and then uh, she said... Uh, she brought in her dad to the equation, which is like her most vulnerable mm-hmm. area. And he was immediately like, don't make me cry. Like I already know. And she said that she is reminded, uh, Schwartz reminds her of her dad in the sense that he was a people pleaser and he was so conflict avoidant, um, that people walked all over him and that she believes that that's what killed him in the end. Wow. Um, and later she says that like, uh, you know, she was saying, I need to pr- practice forgiveness. I can't wear my trauma as a badge of honor anymore. And she says that being angry all the time is killing her. So I feel like she's becoming aware of uh, like harboring resentments this is bad for your health. Yes. Yeah. And she, she doesn't want to be a dog dog days of summer in anyone else's fight anymore. Right. And I do think that that has been Lala's place for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you really quick? What what happened with Randall again? He was found to be cheating on her in Nashville. Mm-hmm. He was crossing the street, and the, <laughs> there was paparazzi photos of him with like two women. Right, and then I assume wasn't it also just he was cheating like the whole time? Was he? I think I don't know. <laughs> and that it, like does it, she was the other woman after all? Does it say anything about us and <laughs> Vanderpump Rules at large, fans at large, that we know nothing about that? Because I don't care. Because I was like. I never thought their relationship was right. good. Right. It was more like, Lala, glad you found that out. It took yeah. a little while. Now you're where all of us have been the entire time. That's Remember why it didn't hit hard. When she talked to Lisa about it and like, she was like, no, because remember uh, his therapist called me directly and told me there was nothing to worry about. And we were like, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The way she justified that. Um, yeah. The therapist... The therapist told her that they were officially not married. Like right. someone he just like <laughs> it was hired very to say he was not married. Weird. Um, but yeah, I like that also that Lala brought up. She was like, I know that shorts you've been going through a lot lately. And sorry that I didn't consider that before. Because it's true. Like we keep talking about these people that are going through low key gnarly shit that just doesn't come up because they don't really want to talk about it. And they're still like, um, you know, it's like Southern charm. Um, Kyle on Beverly Hills, her friend who died. Schwartz is like 
his brother's in rehab. His dad was in the hospital. He had like five things going on. And it's like, no one really like gave a shit no. during that era. Like they weren't like, all right, like he's struggling. No. They were like, he's an idiot. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is what Bravo does not want to focus on. Yeah. And so the cast gets cues from how much he's able to talk about it and make it a part of his story. And Schwartz didn't do that. He just let himself live with those, you know, tragic facts. Yeah. So I, I, I love I love this too. I mean, this is a scene where Lala really shines. And I like what Schwartz says about how like when we're sort of distant, like I've always loved you. And then when we got a little distant and didn't talk anymore, it's easy to start to hate someone and that's where all that rage came from when they were fighting at tower 12 when yeah. the curse of tower 12 happened you see that fight i mean they were going at it that yeah. fight was one of the most wildest things i've ever seen them going at it yeah and then he goes I, and then all of a sudden i was like criticizing your lips and he was like you're one of the most beautiful people i've ever laid eyes on and i think yeah. your lips are beautiful platonically <laughs> yeah she said in the after show that she was like yeah i never gave a shit what you said about my lips it was uh when you came for my livelihood right. which i was like what did he even say? It was like not a big deal. Well, he took, he said, I want to take food out of your daughter's mouth. And she said, you're <laughs> literally trying to take food out of my daughter's mouth by saying, I don't like call me Daryl merch or whatever it was. Right. It wasn't Daryl merch. That was before, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was like making fun of her merch. Whatever. Give them Lala. Oh yeah. He was making fun of the brand. Give them Lala. <laughs> you know, okay. it's a really sad scene hmm. when Randall, sorry. <laughs> When Randall gets the New York Times cake. Oh, no. You know? It says, like, bestseller, and it's, like, crossed out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It said, it said number one bestseller book, and they had to cross out number one bestseller, and it just said book. book. And then he wrote, you made a book on it. That was... Yeah, that she was, was a, bummed. That was an L in turn. Like, that was a strong L that Lala had to take on television. Yeah. I know, because it feels like... I don't know the parameters for being a bestseller, but it feels like... A lot of the time, if you are a public figure with that many followers, you should be able to hit it. <laughs> I think so, too. And I think she thought she would, too. We're yeah. going to know what uh, having a bestseller is like pretty soon. When we're bartenders on Watch What Happens Live and, and release our new book. Yeah. When we write our memoirs. <laughs> or the uh, the novelization of the Scandaval movie. Either one. We've got a lot of paths to being a New York Times bestseller. I'm not Great. even sure which one we want to take because... No matter what, the end result is that status. Great. Um, uh, we kind of already talked about it, but they cut back to Tom and Billy Lee. And, uh, you know, he said that he really misses Raquel. He hasn't talked to her in three weeks. Yes. They cut to a phone call from like a month ago, right before he left for World's Toughest Test. And he was saying how much he was going to miss her. He's crying. He said that what they had was love. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it's not like we were just like sitting around having sex all the time. Uh, he's like, hanging out was the best part. Like yeah. he was trying to say like, it wasn't just about sex. He said, yeah, he said, he's basically saying we were making, making love. It wasn't just <laughs> right. Yeah. He said, yeah, he loved hanging out with her and that he's like, at this point, he's currently basically saving himself for her, which I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, are you together or not? Like, if you're together, yes, you would not have sex with anyone else. Like, Right. <laughs> I think he means, I think saving himself for her, he's, I think he's saving for the eventuality that she might return on the show. 
So he's like, he wants to. I thought he meant like his virginity. No, he was. He he was. He he's, he is saving his virginity. I thought, yeah, I, I, yeah, he might be saving his virginity up until she gets out of um, the mental health facility. But I think he wanted to allow that his emotional state on the show that he was conveying to the audience would allow that if Rachel came back, he they would possibly pick up a relationship again. But I don't think he ever would have laid the groundwork this strongly had he known that Rachel wasn't going to come on the show. Yeah, yeah. It does feel like things will change Yeah, at a certain point. Billy, and then Billy is just going, I am so tired of how you're being treated. Look at you now. You just got out of the cold plunge. You're so cold. I can't believe how cold you are. And you, I wish people could see how much you're hurting right now, you know, and, and alluding to the fact that she goes, she says, yeah, you already said it, that we might we might have lost you there. We might have almost lost you. Yes. Um, okay, and then we're back in the pool um james does a bit where he's a uh, butter bay instead of salt bay and he pours melted butter all over the corn he's like tripping balls <laughs> not not james's uh, best bit i'll say no because it's a little it's salt bay is a little in the past even <laughs> yeah <laughs> when this was filmed salt bay does look like peter though right where's peter peter was not invited to that pool party he had to work i'm sure um but uh wait has peter been <laughs> Has Peter been in this season? No, right? Wait, wait, he didn't. He didn't show up at see you next Tuesday to serve them all and say, "I missed you all here. I wish you hung out here more." He wasn't in the premiere, right? I, no, there's been no Peter. What the hell? Where is he? He's like they don't want to. They might not want to pay Peter his high, high episodic fee. Yeah. So, like Peter, if you're not going to do something. <laughs> wild we're not paying for you to be in this episode robbing peter to pay paul (laughs) (laughs) who's paul (laughs) who's paul um uh maybe they're saying like peter you have to stay in the back of sir because we can't have you enter this episode even if it's to greet them because you get paid too much yeah um so yeah this is uh in the pool where uh sheena brings up yes the lisa conversation ariana's not having it well ariana ariana opens the floodgates She says, what the hell did you and Tom Sandoval talk about over there? It looked Mm -hmm. painful. Yeah. And then Sheena says, he wanted to talk about the podcast. I'm not going to get into it. Basically, he was, you know, I don't want to talk about that. But he hated the podcast that I did. Mm -hmm. Then she said, but more appropriately, what I have to talk about is that Lisa really told us, which we talked about this. Lisa told us that his mental well-being, she's scared for him and she wants us to treat him better. And then that's when Ariana instantly is shaking her head, instantly saying that um, comparing Sandoval with Lisa's brother is not a good uh, comparison. Yeah. Which you, you she, were right in what you said. I mean, she's I think, shaking her head no. Katie doesn't really say a word this whole time. Katie's not even really focused. Like, I know <laughs> she's saying exactly what Ariana's saying right after Ariana says it, but they don't even film Katie and her, and her reaction to this conversation, barely. Yeah, she's just kind of there. Um, and then, so... This is where, yeah, Sheena's really upset, doesn't know what to do. Um, You know, she's like, I don't think you understand. Like, he was a really good friend to me. Um, And Ariana's like, it wasn't genuine. Yeah. Um, Yeah, can we we talk about that for a second? Because I think that's a a huge statement to make for Ariana to say. So, to ask you, do you think, and I, I think I asked you this last week, like, does Tom Sandoval genuinely care about Sheena, or is he trying to manipulate Sheena to get back into the group? Both. Yeah, I mean, I know he wants to be back <laughs> in the group. I guess we can just take the, the latter as assumed. Yeah, I think he cares about her. I think so, too. 
I I think so too. What was the thing she was saying that he said he didn't give a shit about Sheena? Yeah. What was that about? I don't remember. Well, he already had to apologize for this in season 10 on the, in the Scandal episode. But when, at the height of um, when they actually found out and Tom Tom, Sheena was with uh, Rachel and they had just got had their you know fight after Watch What Happens Live. And I think Tom Sandoval screamed at her like, Sheena, you're not a good friend to me. You never were. We're just show friends or whatever. Uh-huh. And then he had to apologize to uh-huh. her in the Scandal episode and say, Sheena, I did not mean that. I was just like furious or whatever. Yeah. You do mean a lot to me. I, I believe, I do believe that Tom Sandoval and Sheena have a unique friendship. And then in the after show, Sheena talks about how she knew Tom Sandoval before she ever even met Ariana. And she considers them both to be best friends of her hers. She right. always says that Ariana is her best friend. I know. I had to like recalibrate to remember that, her and Ariana in the early seasons were always quote best friends. And then James gets pissed off. Cause he's like, who gives a shit who you met first at this point? It doesn't matter. And that's when Lala was like, it matters. <laughs> they started like getting into it about like who she should have loyalty to or whatever. Uh, James says, it's interesting that he thinks it doesn't matter that's that. like versus what he was saying about uh him and Kristen yeah. 10 years ago like I guess yeah yeah the, the longevity of a friendship doesn't matter as much as like how much you are a part of each other's lives but I think I think Sheena is saying you know they both mean a lot to me which is very fine for her to say yeah Tom I think Sandoval's friendship meant a lot to her and then she says she's in the after show she's disappointed with how ariana and katie reacted because instead of asking how she was feeling and how she was navigating through this whole thing they were instantly trying to downplay tom sandoval's version of things that lisa was trying to generate in the scene yeah and she wishes that they would have been like sheena which katie has a long history of doing this katie specifically does not give a fuck about anything that Sheena wrestles with yeah. in her life. And then that's why Lala sticks up for her in the after show. And she says, can anyone, can people just realize that this means a lot to Sheena and that she's impacted by this? Can we give Sheena some grace? Right. And I do give Sheena grace. Right. Because it's like, if you were only friends with Ariana to begin with, or, you know, you're closer with her, then it's like, of course you're like, fuck him. Like, I don't need to be friends with him. But if you were friends with both, then that's hard. But um, yeah, uh, Ariana's take during this on the after show is like, she essentially is like, that's not my problem, like about Sheena. Like she's like, do what you need to do, I guess. But you can tell she's like pissed off about it. Yeah, she's pissed. She goes, I think it's wrong of Sheena to seek my approval for how I should, how she should handle her relationship with Tom Sandoval. It's like, yes. Yes, but the counter to that is that she cares so much about you and losing you that she wants to adhere to this moral code that you put down, but then also still cares about her friendship and doesn't know how to navigate this situation because she's being deferential to you. And Lisa's on the side being like, he might die if you don't. Right. She's got Lisa (laughs) in her ear on one side being like, yeah, you really need to factor this in. Um, Yeah. I think, I think Ariana though is very measured in the after show and she's thought more about it. And she's like, you care about this person who told you right to your face that he doesn't care about you and he never gave a shit about you. You care about this person who was actively involved in one of the most traumatic things in your life, which is the restraining order. So she says, if you are still seeking validation from a person that doesn't give a shit about you, I'm sorry. That's sad. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I think Sandoval cares. I Good. Just, I just do. I, me too. Me too. And I, I, I think that, but I, I think to me personally, and I'm only speaking for myself, how Sheena and Schwartz are vacillating in this very tense situation is the most compelling aspect of this yeah. to me, given their relationship to both parties. Yeah. No, I liked, it got fired up uh, between the three of them on that part. I liked that. Yes. Um, so then we get a one-on-one with uh, James coming over to Lala's. Uh, she picks up a bottle from a nightstand and he's like, is that your bottle? And we get reminded, I forgot. I almost forgot that she used to drink out of a bottle at night. I always remember it. <laughs> and I love that he said that joke. And I always have a question whenever that scene gets brought up, which is when Lala goes, I get my Bobby and I put a bib on and I lay down and I watch my favorite show. And I always have wanted to ask Lala what her favorite show was at the time. I bet it's like The Office. The Office or yeah. Friends. Yeah. Uh, Ariana revealed at one point that during the peak of uh, Scandoval that she could only watch The Office. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The Office is extremely comforting for so many people. But I would love if I ever get a chance to ask Lala, I want to remember that I want to ask her what show she used to suck a bottle to <laughs> to go to sleep because I would love to know. But you're probably right. Friends yeah. or The Office. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then she asks him. She wants to know that rock bottom. She just really wants to know. I just think she's like, I think rock bottom moments are really interesting in terms of somebody's <laughs> sobriety journey. It's like, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, no, but it's like. They, they they really are interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's, it's the moment that you, something happens that you decide yeah. to change your life. But his wasn't like, it was just general. Like it wasn't <sighs> like I woke up in a gutter. It was like I was fighting with my girlfriend a lot. Yeah, his energy though, if, if I watched it enough times, three times to where <laughs> Lala says, what made you want to get sober? You don't have to tell me. And he goes, what do you mean I don't have to tell you? I'll tell you in confidence, but don't tell anybody else. But there's not much to tell. It's like, it was yeah. like he got. He's like at a 10. Uh-huh. And then he offers a lot of details. I tried to write them down just to like parse it. Yeah. He's like, there was the Tom and Raquel stuff. And there was obviously alcohol flowing. And then I was also getting drunk. And there were some comments in there. And then sort of on Instagram and my reaction to showing emotion. And then Allie took two nights away from me and took the cats. I was like, whoa, what, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like he was just like getting fucked up during Scandaval and replying to like a million comments a night and he was super hurt what had happened and Allie was getting pissed off that he cared so much about his ex-fiance and he was like, you know, just so engaged with it and she was like, you need to fucking chill. And I mean, I got to say, bringing cats to a second location is a bold move. I was going to ask you that it must have been. You like never do that. Right. So it was, it, it's, it makes sense, this rock bottom moment, if it involved Allie leaving him for two days. Right. And he said that he, his decision to get sober is because he never wanted another moment like that once he realized that how much he loves Allie. So it's very similar to the reason why he stopped drinking for Raquel. He right. says it's for him. Right. But in reality, it's like your drinking caused your significant other who you love to leave you for a period of time or threatened to leave you. Yeah. And you stopped drinking. Yep. Yeah, he says uh, that he didn't want to wake up an alcoholic 40-year-old who loses everything, which Shots was fired. a clear dig. Um, I, he says, you know, it's the height of Scandival or whatever, and he was replying to comments, but I don't recall James really, besides the reunion, when he was like the most fired up, him and Lala were the most fired up. His performance uh, 
emotions during the Scandaval episode, I don't remember him really taking it too hard. I feel like once he let some time happen, then that's when he wanted to adopt that posture at the reunion of being sort of extremely critical of Tom Sandoval and, and call mm-hmm. him a worm with a mustache and everything. But I don't. I didn't know that it affected him so much. And I don't know yeah. if you ever saw that besides well, at the reunion. There was, they played that clip last week of him being like, if you're going to go see Tom Sandoval, bring your tomatoes. That was very and, measured. <laughs> sure. But if like, I don't know, I do remember him being in the comments like day one, because I remember everyone was just that morning sending or afternoon sending like every single comment that would verify what had happened. And I remember like Ariana's brother replying to comments and James replying to comments. Like, so we cobbled together the fact that this had indeed happened. Jeremy's comment was so offensive. Do you remember it? No. He was like, all these people ruining their lives for this shitty Bravo show. <laughs> I was like, damn. Wow. What's he up to? I don't, I'm not sure. He he goes to Jax's Studio City a lot. I've seen him like Wasn't twice. Wasn't he canceled? Yeah, um, some might say that he should have been <laughs> canceled for things he did. Yeah. Didn't. It involved Billy Lee, right? Yeah, I I always say, well, no, no, no. Um, Billy Lee made it a storyline that she was offended that Stasi and Katie warned her about Jeremy because they thought Jeremy was a creepy person. But Billy Lee took that as, how awful of you both to warn me of this when I was really excited for a date. Something oh. that no one would ever say to anyone. Right. But she just clearly wanted a, a storyline. So she tried to spin it on Stassi and Katie. But that's one of the, you know, I've I've said this about Ariana and I've said this to Ariana. The, <laughs> the One of the only indefensible things she's ever done in the history of the show is defend Jeremy after Stassi said that he was being creepy to her at the wedding. Yeah. And the way she treated Stassi was the absolute, worst response you could ever have to someone who makes that claim and but that's the only that's like the one horrible thing she's ever done so yeah yeah um okay then we go to schwartz's apartment we get finally joe in the joe joe i like this i i mean i have to say watching schwartz joe and sandoval hang out i was like uh, nightmare blunt rotation like really? get me out of here really yeah. I-, I was picturing you and I sitting on the floor getting our haircuts passing the joint around I just don't know what her deal is she kind of has Billy Lee energy in the sense that she's trying to be involved yeah. and it doesn't feel necessary no there's two moments where she starts to talk and um, <laughs> they, they uh, what's it called when you when you, they interrupt her and continue yeah. their conversation she gets stifled twice because yeah. she's not they know that they don't want to like hear from her at that moment. She doesn't know the right time to talk in these scenarios. Um, But yeah, she's, um, she's clipping his hair, cutting his hair in the middle of the floor, letting hair, you know, cascade down. And then we see a bunch of sticky notes on the (laughs) mirror. And I just paused for a second and said, dear Buck, I love you so much. Thank you for everything. I will miss you. Love Dukes. And Mm -hmm. I was like, is, are those messages from Joe to Schwartz? I don't know. I mean, did you think they might be? I assume they were, yeah, somehow involved. And he had a really hard time in his confessional explaining their relationship. Yeah. He was like glitching out. He was like, Joe is a human being that, uh. Well, a human being. <laughs> First of all, he gets to human being, he says it like three times. Yeah. Joe is the light of my life. Yeah. He was like, 
Uh, she was never living with me, but she stayed with me sporadically. We did have a whirlwind romance. We're buds now. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm as confused as before. Right. Yeah. So I, I wanted to say that um, I find Schwartz to be like endearing. You and I have talked about it. It's like we're kind of like we're back with Schwartz on his journey. We know he did things wrong, but he's he's handling himself well for the most part, you know. But this is something where I'm like, wait, I am – I don't understand what you're saying at all and if you act like this in life to everyone around you but we don't see it very often this was very annoying yeah just say (laughs) what happened like for joe's benefit for the world's benefit you guys had sex and you continue to have sex but you're not in a relationship and she's fine with that that's what he was saying but he was using the most obtuse (laughs) language where he could barely get it out right he had to say she's a human being right yeah uh i mean mean, you you i think we should just clarify because if no one else will last summer he's always been attracted to joe she was Kristen's friend i don't know if he's always attracted to her but he was obviously attracted to her enough to like start a relationship with her she's been Kristen's friend Kristen wrote her off as a friend when she found out that she was starting to see schwartz or hook up with schwartz they she was living with him or would stay with him for different periods last summer and now she still does Mm -hmm. right i guess yeah i mean i'm pretty (laughs) sure that's what he's trying to say but he's trying to avoid any negative feedback from the world by how he lied to us last year that season by saying that they have never hooked up he lied to sheena and he lied to us and then he doesn't want katie to use that against joe and like create a negative campaign towards joe again I'm sure that will happen. Right. Um, then Sandoval walks in. He has a diet squirt in tow. Did a part of you think that Katie was going to walk in? <laughs> Maybe. Because she's the only one that has been visiting so Gordo, far. butters. Uh, yeah. What the hell? Oh, my God. Um, and so then uh, he they're talking about Tahoe, and Sandoval gets indignant again. He's like, oh, right. uh, Schwartz is like, Maybe you should like just like chill and like be cool with everyone. You know, we can be in the same place. It'll be all right. And uh, you can apologize. And Sandoval's like, I'm so sorry that you made so much money off off my back. Like (laughs) he's like, they showed the nation how to react and how to treat us. (laughs) Like the world followed their lead. (laughs) <laughs> and then Schwartz, well, first of all, he, Schwartz and Joe are laughing when he says, I'm sorry for making you so much money and sorry for making you so much content for your podcast. But then after that, Schwartz goes, that is exactly not the energy I want you to bring like, to Lake Tahoe. you're concerning me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the fact that Tom Sandoval cannot help himself from still being petulant about this whole thing is, yeah. is shocking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. He talked about that in the piece, uh, the New York Times thing of like, everyone has made so much money off of this and he like can't find a way in. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I I can only be sponsored by like mediocre brands or something he says. He said that he was supposed to do a stint uh, at Chippendales in Vegas, but the negotiations uh, floundered. And then I think his manager said, no one wants to be associated with a cheater, (laughs) right? I mean... I don't you think that so many people would go to that to see Sandoval. Well, I don't know. We already felt bad when we went to Sandoval's show. But I, like I, Vegas, like as a gag. Wait, what like, was he going to be? Chippendales. He was going to be a Chippendales dancer, and it was like a special residency. Oh, okay, okay. Um, okay. Let me th- imagine if. Okay, let me be in that mindset. Bachelorette weekends. Tom Sandoval comes out. They play the Vanderpump Rules theme song. 
he what do the Chippendale dancers do? They dance like like Magic, like Magic Mike, Mike, right? Yeah. Magic Mike is spawned from that. That yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think he should have done that. I think it would strike people as the same as him, including Schwartz's mom and Raquel in his lyrics in his band. I mean, what's the difference between him playing a rock show and being a Chippendale? There's no difference, but I think that it would be embracing. I, I, I it would be exploiting his villainy to capitalize on it instead of offering complete contrition and start to create a new avenue that is not spawned from the evil thing you did. So this, in my opinion, this is it's it, this is you're saying because it's like salacious. No, I think that I think that they would only want him as a Chippendales dancer because he's this reviled figure. Sure, and, but that's true of any opportunity that he could ever get. Yeah, I guess I guess I don't think any opportunity he should exploit right now will get the proper deference until the world is back in his side. So what he does in the meantime to make money matters. And I'm not saying that Chippendale's answer is bad. I just think that I don't. I don't think it would help his case at all. Besides, make it money. Yeah. But you're saying why does he? I guess need. <laughs> he only needs to make money. So I mean, <laughs> the easy answer is fine. Fine. <laughs> My I guess. Answer is that I want to see that show. <laughs> what in your mind? What do you imagine? I I don't know. I I feel like he loves dancing. He said he was bummed out that it didn't happen because he's in the best shape of his life. Off uh-huh. of World's Toughest Test. Right. Um, he would love the fashion. I, I feel like he would get so into it. Um, I don't see why not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I guess I haven't thought, I guess I haven't thought about it and I don't have an articulate take on it, but I just think that, I think that it still would convey the negative energy that he's harboring and would not get people back to his side. And I don't think he will get people back on his side and will not be able to make money until he has reconciled what he did and he's just not in the state to do that yeah i just feel like the tide has turned and people think he's a loser and that there's almost nothing he could do that wouldn't enforce that ideal yeah okay yeah i guess i'm trying to think of i guess i'm trying to think of like that will not help tom sandoval and if i'm not thinking that then yes go ahead yeah and do it i just i can't even think of a single thing that would be like, what's, like, a self-aware thing that would be a great move for him? Betterhelp.com. <laughs> better, like, uh, better health, some therapy website, some loss of, love, you know, something like, I don't know, anything that, like, t- accounted for his mental health, like, midlife crisis shit. I mean, anything that, like, yeah. reconciled what he has been through with what he used to have a new outlook on life would be a good brand for him to associate with. Yeah. I'm just Chippendales to me strikes me as if he like did a condom ad (laughs) and said, I use condoms when I make sure to use a condom when you're cheating on your wife. You know what I mean? No one is going to, but if you want, if we, we want him to still be not, move forward in a, in a way then yes he can be a chippendales dancer i don't mind i don't think that doing a chippendales dance reinforces the idea that you are uh immoral i'm not saying immoral <laughs> say don't say condom say, imagine any brand that, that says with a wink and a nod and a twirling of the mustache 
Make sure to trim your mustache uh, with using a razor because you don't want to look like an ultimate villain. It's like anything that's like tongue in cheek. I'm not sure. saying I. I'm not saying I. I. I'm not saying anything. Riley about Riley stands against no, the I love sex work. Magic Mike is what? No, Magic Mike is one of my favorite movies of all time. I would love a Chippendales. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Chippendales. No, I just think like I'm like because then on the other token, if you're saying he does better help or whatever, that's so like serious. You know what I mean? I mean? So I'm I'm trying to brainstorm what's like the good if a really good PR person he he had access to them what would they have him do? They you know would. what I mean? Like get him on like SNL or something like as like a funny little cameo like I, in I, the monologue or something I, like yeah I guess like what's something that you'd be like wow that was actually a funny I, move? I am not. I feel like I dug myself in a hole. I am not saying <laughs> Chippendales is anything. It, it doesn't have a negative connotation. I'm just saying that I don't think that would be received positively by the community that Tom Sandoval potentially wants to win back during this time. There's right, other, but I'm saying what would? Well, I said a better, you don't think a better help ad where he said, I had a midlife crisis and I hurt the one person that, that I love the most. No, Not many people know my story, but I, I hurt the per- person I love and I've been actively trying to find out where this hole in my life exists or whatever i feel like did. everyone would be like wow better help fuck you right, how well, dare you yeah I, I imagine them coming after better help like imagine i've heard it's a bad service but anyways oh, oh, okay. oh, god damn i cannot win imagine imagine some brand that, that focused on mental health or whatever he... i know but i'm like do we want him like that feels I feel like I'm thinking of like what's something like lighthearted that he people would did get it. behind. He did Mask Singer. I mean, like he did Mask Singer. He Ugh, did. Yeah, but that's so. Mask Singer lame. is the equivalent of going to Chippendales. I'm. I'm. I'm it, it's the exact. I same guess thing. so. And and it's the exact same thing. And it just doesn't. Except the singing is like the thing that people make fun of him for the most. Right. I don't. I don't know. And we. We don't. Re- I mean, you're right. If he was on, you know, like. I mean, I know this just because I watch this Bill Clinton documentary all the time, but Bill Clinton gave a really long speech at the DNC and everybody was booing him because it was like 20 minutes long. And then he went on Johnny Carson and he made a joke to deflate it. He's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to keep this short, Johnny Carson. (laughs) And Johnny goes, lovely, Bill Clinton. And then he fully redeemed himself. It's like... Remember when he played sax on uh, Arsenio? Of course I remember that. Sandoval should do something like that. That was Masked mass Singer, I think. I think. Yeah. I, I just, I want someone, that's the piece I need. I want the best PR person in Hollywood to say their like five prong strategy of what they would have him do. Because I'm very curious. It's almost an impossible, you know, conundrum. It's not, it's to me, it's not that hard. It's to me. It's better help. No, you, you said that's a horrible brand. <laughs> To me, Sheena said this. Everyone said this. Lisa's saying this. Schwartz said this. If he would have come head down, Charlie yeah. Brown, into this season <laughs> and not made one excuse for his behavior and say, cried. And it, like, I already said this, and now I'm like reciting my worst <laughs> take in history. No. There is ways that he could have moved past this. He is doubling down no. in every single scene. I agree. Like His behavior is first. Like That's the first step is like, your behavior, how you come across on the show and how you apologize or whatever. But I'm talking about like the public plan. <laughs> I have, I have the public plan. What is it? I, it's everything I've said. He should have gone into the season creating storylines that were legitimate. I'm saying outside of the show. 
this is the avenue to, for him to get redemption. This is his, own, his only I'm avenue. I'm just saying, if he's going to have an alternate path to Every, Ariana. Everything he did was wrong. You you don't go on Howie Mandel. You go yes, on Turtle exactly. Time. Everything he did was wrong. He should have gone on Turtle Time. He should have known that was the objective place where he could have thoughtful questions asked and he could have rehabilitated. He should not have gone on Nick Vial, someone yeah. who is going talking shit about him and calling him a loser right before he gets right. there and then hates him actively throughout the interview and wants him to look bad yeah. for clicks. He has... Every single thing he has done is wrong. Right. And people will say, and I believe it, that Tom Sandoval does not legitimately has not come to the place where he thinks what he did was wrong. Because yeah. there's so much hate that the, that he thinks is disproportionate to what his actions were that he keeps lumping in the world's hate with how much hate he should actually get within his own peer group. And he can't get past it. He's like, why the hell <laughs> am I the most hated man in America? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I could have done this better than him, and that's egotistical to say. <laughs> but I could, no, I could have plotted out how he could have been redeemed in society. He every single step he has made has been wrong. Yeah, he's gonna end up the way Kevin Spacey just has to release those YouTube videos. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Sandoval. Let me be frank. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Vanderpump Rules fans. Remember me? <laughs> like a self-produced YouTube channel. <laughs> I've had a little bit of trouble. No, I, 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 I feel so out on a limb again, which is my least favorite place to be. I did not at all mean that he shouldn't do Chippendales because there's a negative no, I agree connotation. It would be seen as like, I love Magic Mike and I love Chippendales dancing. I would go to a Chippendale show. No, I agree. It would be seen as like pathetic. And I didn't mean a condom ad. Like that's I, I meant any ad that that plays on like a mustache. No, I'm even fucking with you. Okay, good. Okay, uh, as long as you know that i don't i'm not but making it all depends on that's the thing it's like you can't change people's minds like with erica people that hate her were reporting we, that her tickets were seven dollars that's what would have happened with Sandoval. we are changing minds about erica the, okay. we are but you know what i mean like it's like sandoval if you like someone you would have been like how fun like if joe judice or like uh joe gorga did chippendales I feel like a lot of people would think that was funny. If he had just, uh, Joe Gorga, if he had just cheated on Melissa. And well, not that. But like, I'm saying like, if you have goodwill, something like that is fun and funny. If you yes, have bad will. That's, ex that's exactly yeah. my point. That's but, like, you just said exactly what I meant. But I'm saying what could he do that people wouldn't just see like outside of his behavior on the show? Any Is there any activation he could do that people wouldn't think was pathetic? <laughs> No, they would not think it was they would they would think it was still pathetic if he did a blank <laughs> mental health. Like what if he played at like Coachella? Would people be like, Ugh! <laughs> of course they would. Of course they would not like I'm saying something any if he wants to uh, there's nothing he can do now because he has not shown the world that he has actually changed. And um, I said why that is earlier two minutes ago yeah. but there is a million different things he could have done right and we could be having a very different conversation by episode four uh had he acted differently every step of the way post-scandable i and need he... chris jenner's take on what she would do if he were okay. her son okay so you don't trust my take <laughs> we'll let i would want to interview chris jenner that would be great yeah well we got a little bit of a tangent um <laughs> right but it, i mean it's important to talk about right I think so. Okay. Um, we get a quick, uh, we go to the West side. Yeah. Uh, James and Allie are going to go out with Brock and Sheena. Sheena um, doesn't trust Tori to babysit still. Yeah. This was, to me, this was the most embarrassing moment of the episode. <laughs> 
It was uh, Tori taking a, a needle when she's sitting okay. down with uh, Brock and Summer. And she goes something like, are you ready for your Ozempic shot? Or have you been taking Ozempic shots? And Brock goes, uh, kind of a bad conversation to have around my kid. And then Tori laughs really loud. At, like, yeah, very- it was one of those little like Fisher Price doctor bags that has like a, a vaccine needle. And I think she was like, do you do Ozempic or like uh, whatever? Yeah, she said um, an Ozempic joke and Brock legitimately hated said it. Uh, um, yeah, and then and you're right, um, Tori. <laughs> Is what do they ready. even pay her for? Why doesn't she just have her sister babysit then? There is because there's a there's a cynical take, which is that Tori is uh, in the wings yeah. as a friend. They of. just want to introduce her. She's a like an actor slash performer. She wants to be on the show. I think Sheena said you would be great to potentially come on the show. We yeah. know that she's going to be the person that both Schwartz and Katie kiss at some point. Yeah, and so I think. It's this, you can see that this is not a natural storyline because Sheena does not trust this person who she's bringing into her home to watch her daughter. Right. When, like, I feel like Courtney came after they were supposed to be out the door or something and Sheena would have preferred if it just looked like Tori had been left <laughs> yeah. as the babysitter. But then she had to explain, because the producers were still there, that Courtney needs to also help. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Summer Moon is how old at this point? I feel like she can like make herself a sandwich and tuck herself into bed. Like, she's like, bye guys, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. And Sheena was like, no, we're coming back tonight. <laughs> she's like, you usually don't. Is she three? <laughs> three? Or I le- think, yeah, younger? was she... A- was she a COVID yeah, baby? Yeah, I think she was or? a COVID baby. Um, but yeah, uh, they go out uh, with James and Allie. They kind of claim it's the first time that they've been out yeah. without her mom watching Summer Moon. Um, and then uh, Sheena brings up the talk she had with Lisa. Uh, they show that Lisa had FaceTimed James and said that uh, she wanted to talk to him and she was like, yeah, it's probably the same thing. Like prepare yourself. Like that's what right. it is. Yep. Um, and they basically talk about the idea that they're going to have to see Sandoval moving forward. And if they go to Tahoe and Allie's like, you know, like I don't personally have any beef with him. He's always been nice to me, but, and she's like, they're all talking about that. They're afraid that when they see him in person, they're going to feel bad for him and be nice to him and then just fall back into being friends or whatever. Right. And they all are kind of like, if it is so to be, so it is. Or <laughs> like they're kind of like whatever. It really is that. Like they're all, they're all sort of talking how you and I talk about like Sandoval scenes where they're like, we're still Team Ariana, you know, <laughs> and like we absolutely defend her. And like there's a difference between on the right side and the wrong side, and we are definitively saying that what Sandoval did is wrong. But also, how are we going to be in a situation where we're literally around him? And how yeah. do you treat someone that you're like trying to ostracize, but you right. still have to like reckon with? Right. Yeah, I feel like James. Uh, yeah they're all kind of like that's not my they're yeah. like we're on the show and i'll yeah. do what is asked yeah. of me and yeah james I'm not says gonna i'm worry not worried too much he goes i'm not worried he goes that's schwartz's friend if schwartz wants to bring his friend and if we happen to mesh in the same scenes i don't give a shit it's like yeah he has a, a sort of healthy relationship to seeing sandoval again yeah um so that was interesting um and then we go back to vanderpump dogs which really uh employs the idea that the first time around they just wanted to remind not throw you off the scent like be like this is just where we meet these days right when i first saw it i go why the hell is lisa having all of her scenes at vanderpump dog yeah again but you're right it was to establish that the vanderpump rules or sorry vanderpump dogs it didn't come out of nowhere right so you weren't like is this what i think um 
And uh, so you think that they're probably going to talk about uh, Sandoval being suicidal, but it turns out. Yeah. Well, it, first, I noticed this on my third rewatch. Uh, Lisa goes to her, a director of marketing. She goes, are you sure it's him? <laughs> Like confirming <laughs> one last time before she tells James that this yeah. is absolutely <laughs> Graham Cracker. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I know you've been worried about Graham. And he's like, yeah. And they like do a flashback to their conversation. And he comes down the stairs immediately. <laughs> right. um, and she goes, James, he's been rescued. And he's like, what? And he's like giving him kisses. Like, you know, can't believe it. He's crying. I got to say, it brought a tear to my eye. Wow. It was sweet. Um, I do think James loves him a lot. Uh, yeah, he said Graham, uh, now hippie, has the same wiggle that he's had since he was a baby. Um, and Lisa explains that um, he was with a foster for a couple months. He bit a few people and that he was going to be taken to a shelter. And they basically reached out. And I'm like, we've heard this story from Rachel like five times and it sounds like from her end which i kind of believe because she's stuck to her story um and i don't think she was going to allow him to be like at risk of being euthanized um that in her from her pov he was always with the like california doodle rescue like sanctioned by like a you know he was never like at like the pound yeah um yeah uh, Lisa is not, which, you know, I guess to make it more, you know, high level, she's saying the basic facts, but we know, uh, I think what really happened here, uh, it's been stated a lot by Rachel that, you know, Graham Cracker was recommended to be put down by a vet after biting, you know, she five said people that in a row. the doctor who gave her mom stitches recommended that, which I'm like, a people doctor can't recommend that you euthanize a dog i think she clarified and said at a certain point and said a a vet recommended it um they gave up on graham she wasn't able to leave the mental health facility and deal with the graham situation so so she uh delegated to her mom to make that decision it went to the california rescue the california rescue tried to give it to foster parents it bit the living shit out of the (laughs) people that uh, it bit the trainer and then someone at California Doodle Rescue looked up its micro trip, saw that it belonged to Raquel Levis, yeah. and knowing the show and the ins and outs of Scandaval, called Lisa at yeah. Vanderpump Dogs to say, "Hey, um, there's a dog that's tangentially related to you and yeah. your show. Do you want it back?" Mm-hmm. And Lisa said, "Why, yes, I would. <laughs> that sounds pretty good." Yeah. Um, a, a, a part of my um, lack of empathy. Uh, in this scene, although I loved it. And I think James's reaction is one of the most actually shocked reactions I've seen in Vanderpump rules history in forever. He was stunned to tears and silence and overwhelmed by his love of Graham, which I thought was beautiful. But I almost thought there was so much, so many questions that James would have in this moment that Lisa was not properly uh, articulating Mm -hmm. to him. And also, I think, although this is very altruistic, that is a huge emotional burden that she just put on James at a spur of the moment. He just walked out of the place with a dog headed back to his house where there are cats. You can't do that. <laughs> that. That. Too. I'd be like, can you give me like two days at least? 
I'm not walking out of here with his ass. That, oh. <laughs> that as well. But also, also the way the scene is cut, I'm sure James probably wanted to sit down for a half an hour and ask a hundred questions. She made him live with this decision in the moment and have that reaction on the camera, which that's why I'm like, the reality of this was almost too shocking where I needed James to sit down for a second and talk to her about this because yeah. it was like, wow, great. How did this happen? Okay, well, I love it. Thank you so much, Lisa. This is great. I was like, I was overwhelmed by the emotional burden that this placed on James at that moment that he has to walk away. He was freaking Graham. out. He was like, he was like, what the fuck? I thought we were going to talk about Tom. Yeah, and I'm like, this is a beautiful gesture and I get why Lisa thought it would play Lisa well. Lisa was so happy. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know, but <laughs> there is a lot of things to factor in. I wonder if Allie at all would be questioning this handoff yeah like, no it's insane <laughs> and i still am afraid he's gonna eat the cats well and i'm I, not ready for all the footage of him like lunging at them that we're which, about to see which you saw yes. right? <laughs> and like banks's tail is so poofed i feel so bad for him he's like what the hell is this i almost well, they show mr banks in like, <laughs> Allie goes, Mr. Banks, wait, it's okay. And then you see James holding back Graham Cracker. It's been revealed that he like brought like five people to the hospital. I'm just saying, okay, I feel like I am being devil's advocate a lot this episode. And I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being negative in some ways, but I'm trying to be positive in other ways. But I'm just saying this scene's emotional touchingness was undercut by a lot of the realities that I know are present here. First of all, this is a tragic story for Rachel. No one cares. Yeah. But it's a tragic story how we got to this point. And yeah. it's not just Graham walking down the stairs. Yeah. Guess who I found on the street? Yeah. Graham Cracker. Oh, yeah. well, I'll take him, obviously. Yeah. I love this dog. Yeah. But that is a fairy tale uh, presentation yeah. that we witnessed. There's a lot of underlying shit here that's going on. And I think even though James has clearly said this is the most beautiful moment of his life, I love this so much. There's some nefarious motives that Lisa had in doing this like this sure. to give James a dog. And no yeah. one is, no one wants to say that, but I'll just say it. I still I'm, am a little confused despite Rachel's clarity on the situation, exactly how it got so out of hand that it was just completely out of her control completely. I know that she was like away and like steps needed to be taken and she decided she needed to stay where she was or whatever. But like it reiterates to me that I think almost no one on earth takes pet ownership no. even remotely we, as seriously we, as you, they should. You and, you and I have covered this <laughs> over the year, uh, probably more than anyone else in the <laughs> podcast world. I'll just give us that yeah. credit. I know every aspect of how it led to that yeah uh ariana before she would have hated to be on rachel's side in, in anything said on call her daddy that graham was a horrible dog yeah that bited but bit, sorry bit everyone in its path yeah was horrible she said that again on the after show she was like around like toys and food he was extremely aggressive um yeah and that she was like so there scared of there him. is in in no world do i doubt that graham bites people the thing you can take umbrage with is if rachel was accurate in saying that james's behavioral issues were what led to graham's behavioral issues mm -hmm. and he is the absolute last person she would ever want to watch him because she did not think he cares or is a good would be a good dog parent to right. graham that's up for debate that depends on how you view the situation yeah i'm very i need more details on that and i don't know why she's so afraid to tell us why he would be 
a horrific dog owner when uh, I think he was uh, not well looked after. It sounds like under her tutelage as well. Yeah, you're you're um, you're right. It's it's very complicated, and uh, this scene like fostered more questions for me than it did just I guess and that's sort of um, a detriment of knowing every aspect of everything like I could have been back in the day you know watching this four years ago before we were so entrenched in Vanderpump Rules knowledge and just been like huh that's interesting (laughs) I don't even need to think about that for one second how that happened yeah yeah we know so much Uh, so we'll see what happens there Uh, but yeah I'm worried about it and you're worried uh, yeah, I mean, so I you guess... you had beautiful joy when you, when, like, James... No, I mean, re- it was a nice moment. I let myself enjoy the moment. But uh, I'm worried about the future and watching him get integrated with the cats. Although I assume that if something horrible happened, we would have uh, heard about it already in real life. Is that the case? <laughs> I mean, I guess we should keep eyes on uh, Allie's Instagram for cat pics. I just thought it was interesting that exactly what you feared for months when you heard this original <laughs> story, you are like, how is... How are Allie's, how is Mr. Banks doing? She has two cows, right? They always say that, but they never show the other one. <laughs> maybe the other one hides? <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe they did show him one time. But... Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, so it sounds like exactly what you were worried about is going to happen. They show it clearly in like three different scenes. <laughs> yeah. And in the after show, I like that Tom doubled down because now he hates Rachel. He was like, not a good look that the dog he, ended up in the shelter. He goes, he goes, yeah, I heard she sent it to the pound. Not a good look at all. It's like he hates Rachel now that he yeah. she left him in the lurch after yeah. the mental health uh, facility. But James did say that his little brother pet sits for them and that he loves dogs and cats equally and that he feels very good about the situation they have. I picture just James in a meadow with butterflies all around him and cats and dogs just <laughs> licking him and frolicking with him yeah and he says that uh i don't know how much he was exaggerating but he says that he takes graham to the vet like monthly just because yeah expensive (laughs) i mean i guess uh yolo (laughs) i mean yeah if you've got the money take it i used to have to take my cat to the vet monthly but it was not uh for no reason right and it was uh it was like that tiger king meme i will never financially recover from this that's a tiger king meme (laughs) yeah I will never financially recover from what had Tiger King done. It was like after someone got like eaten or shot or something and he was like, God damn it, this place is a shit show. I'm never going to financially recover from this. Wow, I never knew that was what that meme was from. Yeah. Um, did we cover the after show or were there any I other moments? we mostly did. Like we talked as about. As we went. Yeah, that was kind of fun to just weave it in. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, again, uh, recommend that to everyone. It's fun to see. Oh, everyone, you have to watch it. They, they are more like it's only, it was filmed like a month ago. So it, you get to a completely different perspective on all of these, you know, events. And like there was a fight that happened between Lala and James. And I was like, whoa, I haven't seen that fight energy in a while. That was like, great to I watch. Know. What did she say? Like suck my dick, James or something. Yeah. And he was like, that's not very nice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I thought this was a good episode, right? Of our show or of Vanderpump? No, um, no, definitely not our show. (laughs) Uh, Vanderpump Rules. Was this a good episode? I was entertained. Me too. I think I was more entertained once I thought about the alternate reality that was happening behind the scenes with the Lisa scene. Like we talked about the silver bullet, you know, that Mm -hmm. you mentioned and also what was going on you know, behind this James uh, situation with Graham and then also thinking about the Sheena 
complicated dynamic in this this really hard time she's going to have navigating between her two friends. It's true. So tortured. Tortured. Um, yeah. So I, I did this. This episode, there was a lot to think about. So yeah, I like that. Great. Cool. Um, well, I think what what? Oh, huh. Well, <laughs> we have about I, I don't know. Maybe I wanted to ask you just about Beverly Hills because I know you yeah. caught up. Do you think I could do a certified if we're going to talk about Beverly Hills? Of course, we're going let's let's take two pisses independently, <laughs> and then let's maybe do maybe just five to ten minutes just on the state of Beverly Hills, so we don't completely leave it in the lurch. Because yeah. we're going to talk about the finale uh, for sure, yeah. I think. But I just want to talk about what led to the finale, if we yeah. could. Okay, certified turtle piss. <laughs> we're back. We're back. Okay, just five to maybe seven to possibly ten minutes about the state of Beverly Hills, and I know we you know we fell off. On yeah. talking about it there's been major reasons for that in terms of what you and I have been going through yeah but also I don't feel that bad because yeah. I don't think Beverly Hills really warrants a lot of commentary yeah. under the circumstances it wasn't uh compelling enough to push it um I think that the finale looks promising because Kyle and Mauricio are finally going to talk about what's going on yeah and I also sent you a clip I don't know if you saw already um on Mauricio's show that I always forget exists, uh, selling, what is Bu- it called? Buying Beverly Buying Hills. Buying Beverly Hills, not to be confused with selling Sunset. Right. Um, he goes like full hog talking about their separation. Yeah. He went full hog. He, um, I think he should be fired from Bravo for doing for that. For doing that? Yeah. It, that show is about a real estate company where it's about him buying a bunch of shit with the agency and hiring his daughters to work with yeah. him. It is not about, it shouldn't be about his personal life. It well, shouldn't have been. By that merit, should Kyle be fired for not talking about it? No, no. <laughs> she gets to determine how her life is portrayed up until the point where you can't uh, fake it anymore. Yeah. But I'm just saying he is on a rival network talking trying to preemptively have a scene where he gets the separation scene on his show that he's been a part of the bravo universe for 20 years or 15 years and he gave them that and it's going to come out like before don't you think they probably pitched that show to bravo first buying beverly hills mm-hmm. um possibly i, I don't, mean he I, uh would have i think cameos on uh million dollar listing because uh the agency had agents on that show but he was never fully on it um but i don't know i'm like like we've talked about before it's like if you don't lock down the talent then you're gonna lose he was locked down he was locked down throw away the key what do you mean on bravo well obviously not he's a (laughs) spinoff i i i think that uh i guess you're i mean i'm just being you know hyperbolic i i just think that he is creating content that Bra- the Bravo network would really care about, and he's using it on a rival network, yeah. um, which it, I don't know if it was pitched as, hey, you're going to get the Mauricio half <laughs> of Beverly Hills because I get paid more on this show. I'm sure it wasn't pitched like that. I thought yeah. it was like a really shitty Netflix reality show yeah. but that, that, yeah, maybe Bravo didn't buy, but that doesn't mean that you should that Netflix should be actively like creating trailers and stuff to try to preempt getting scoops from Bravo, which is exactly what Netflix wants. They want all of Bravo's talent. And 
Mauricio was, it's not like Luann and, uh, and Sonia and Ramona, where I do think they should ditch Bravo if they don't treat them right. They should go to Netflix. But Mauricio was in the fold, and his story is, 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 is a, the Bravo story. And also, I think it's horrible, the timing of this. They're trying to get yeah. ahead of the Beverly Hills reunion. Yeah. It's wild how much times have changed in that I am not watching Mauricio's show because there's a time in which I would have watched every single thing that had anything to do with any of them well, if it's at all like selling sunset i know why you're not watching because <laughs> yeah. that's one of the worst shows of all time yeah um but uh i, I forget what i was going to say about buying beverly hills and mauricio god i, I had a, a point about not that he should be fired from bravo i yeah. think i have to just well i'm uh, curious about what conversation him and kyle had about him obviously she i assume knew that he was going to have a sit down scene with yeah. their daughters yeah. so I assume that she okayed it. Yeah, what I was going to say is actually I think that they're divorcing because of this. <laughs> That's the their shows. I feel like her uh, different show deals keep ruining all of her relationships. Yeah, like I mean, American Woman. Yeah, it is a big deal though, right? I mean, it is it is a big deal that Mauricio started a show on Arrival to Bravo. I mean, Kyle is like Bravo blood. Like it's yeah. like it is she is like the uh, the face of Bravo in a way, like top you know five biggest figures that yeah. Bravo has ever produced, and he went to a rival network and is trying to undercut their story that they've been developing for fifteen years on a show. Are we sure that she doesn't produce that show? We should look it up. We should. <laughs> she I, might be like in charge of it. <laughs> it's at some point in the last two or three years, Bravo like someone fought to have the clause where talent can go to other networks, and yeah. once that was like scrubbed out of the contracts every single figure is now doing dancing with the stars mass singer world's heaviest test like that was that didn't happen like they were right. there wasn't all this like reality competition that was going on with bravo stars yeah we should look into it because i feel like i could see her being kyle being involved because if their daughters are involved i feel like she wants to be involved you yeah. know like she's like obsessed with her kids yeah. Yeah, um, I think that this this could have been a real factor and why she started to resent Mauricio, but it's just yeah. not something they can talk about because it's a fourth wall break. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say just before we lose all of our time that, um, like, I, yeah, I guess I guess nothing really about the quality of the last few episodes has like risen to the occasion to talk about, or I don't feel uh, bad about missing out on yeah. you know on on talking about it because the the season has been really about where we're ultimately going to go which is that Kyle doesn't want to talk about her relationship with Mauricio disintegrating and we're finally going to get that get that in the finale and the yeah. reunion. Yeah. Um I feel like we basically we haven't we've basically just not talked about the Barcelona era. That's right. what we've missed. Yeah. Um which all I would say came to a head during that uh ashes ceremony. Mm -hmm. Uh where I feel like Sutton gave a heartfelt speech about letting go of her divorce and her marriage and her friend and all this. And then um, Erica used hers to be a little bit petty, which was yeah. kind of fun. Oh, yeah, I liked it. Um, and then Crystal was like, I need to let go of my brother who's moving to Asia. And I was like, it's done for you. Yeah. These represent <laughs> these ashes represent my brother. Um, yeah, no. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can talk about the cast. I um, well, so you have one one thing. Um, obviously, there's going to be a major cast shakeup after the season. I think it's um, a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um, I my advice to them, which you know, if they're listening, is you have to do a sort of Roni season five situation where you keep the four most powerful people and you hire three newbies that are very engaging and charismatic and see who wins out. Mm -hmm. Um, because 
This like cannot. Anna Marie. Huh? Like Anna Marie. Like Anna Marie. Or you is it already. Anna Marie? It's I Anna. Guess. It's it's Anna Marie. Okay. I've I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> um, I I just think that, unfortunately, um, this cast cannot sustain. Uh, much more yeah how it is i know that they are actively casting i've heard through the grapevine that they are reaching out to people now to cast people obviously at least as anna marie's replacement yeah um but yeah this season was uh unfortunately low quality because something about the dynamics of this cast just don't work together yeah i agree it's just off it's off uh, i think it's not you- like horrible yeah but it's not great. Yeah. I mean, Anna Marie and Crystal are obviously first off the island. That's sort of an yeah. easy decision to make. And then who you keep is, you know, very important. I would say Kyle Sutton and Erica are definitively should stay. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, that. that's one that I wouldn't have to think about. Mm-hmm. And then Dorit, who am I missing? Dorit, Garcelle, mm-hmm. <laughs> Crystal. Time to... Th- think about them yeah yeah I feel like Garcelle continues to be about her kids which is boring yeah um they really talk about scene partners that don't give what you want them to give all of those scenes uh were not engaging I mean if she I wish I mean I know that they gave Sutton the dating era this season but I'm like Garcelle dating era would be fun yeah it really would Um, um so maybe they can like kick that in uh next season even like friend of i don't know but uh yeah and then kyle is like also just kind of off because she's going through something it feels like she doesn't want to talk about a lot of stuff and she also just seems kind of sad which i know why but like it's you know low energy yeah but but for me kyle and sutton's dynamic could sustain um the show going forward because there is a unique relationship there where they're friends but kyle is very disrespectful to sutton and really (laughs) like has this like weird grievance against yeah. Sutton and Sutton gives it back to Kyle, but Kyle, like Kyle, like hates Sutton for some yeah. reason, like really hates her. And I don't know why I only can think that she, it's because Sutton has rose in popularity on the cast to almost rival her. And she's almost potentially jealous. Do you think of, it's cause she almost burned her house down? Yeah. I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, could be. Um, I have to ask you before we like sign off. Um, yeah. What do you think? Why the hell is Kathy Hilton coming out of the trailer onto the reunion? Yeah. What if they bring back all three Richard sisters? It's They're the only ones oh. on the cast. <laughs> they oh. each hold a I diamond. Mean, it's one, two, three. I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, Kim deserves to be more there. I mean, Kim was in multiple scenes. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I don't understand. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm. I'm I, so scared of Kathy now. I know. Uh, well, Sutton starts physically shaking in the trailer when Kathy comes out into the reunion. Did you see that? No. No, she's actively shaking. They go, can we get a medic? Sutton is so scared when Kathy walks into the reunion and she starts to uncontrollably shake. What does she shake. know? I'm worried. I think it's because she uh, staked her claim on the Kathy side. And then now that Kathy and Kyle are reconciled, she's on the outs. And so when Kathy comes, <laughs> obviously, I would be scared. If Kathy came into your home right now, oh I would God. start uncontrollably Kicks shaking. the door in. Can you imagine? Like, calls what you a slur. Yeah. He calls us a slur and says, what the hell have you been saying to me about uh, Turtle Time? Um, I, I just, yeah, I'm not a huge Kathy fan. So that was kind of shocking to me. People are like, oh my God, it's so cool. She's I mean, it back. was fun while it lasted until you like really thought about it. But yeah. like, you know, the Hunky Dory era hunky dory yeah. era who is hunky dory was fun yeah that but, was fun that was before i i didn't realize that that was kind of an act yeah and she's actually secretly sort of devious yeah 
I gotta say, I've said it before, but everyone watched Paris and Love uh, to get a, a wider breadth of the family dynamic. Please do that. Um, okay, well, we're we're gonna say goodbye to everyone. I feel like this was one of my worst um, uh, appearances on Turtle Time. I want to apologize retroactively for everything horrible I said. I don't even remember. I disparaged Chippendales. I defended Tom Sandoval. Maybe we don't cut any clips of this episode. So- outsiders can't judge us i'm sure that there was something good that was said (laughs) by me hopefully i know you said a lot of good things you were being very good and i there was some thoughtful conversations that were had but yeah right um i think so okay okay good all right all right well and and let me know you know you can always tell me riley i hate you now for what you said and i'll apologize on demand i'll apologize to anyone (laughs) okay all right we love you so much this was our episode of turtle time we'll be back next week yeah all right goodbye <laughs> bye this one's for you tonight planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.